Yeah, man. So uh, whenever you guys are ready, let me know. Yeah, I'm ready. 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 All right, we're, we're good because I'm already I'm already fucking recording, man. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I'd like to welcome you to the world's most problematic podcast. This is Cognac Stories, presented by myself, Torian Meacham. Uh, I'm joined today by two special guests. I got my man, who, aka the Bariqua billionaire. All right, I got my brother. All right, the mulatto Meacham, J every day, aka light skin poppy. You know, good. What's good? What's how, how you gentlemen doing? Feeling good, man. Just happy to be I'm here, bro. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm glad to be back on the podcast. Yeah, hey, man, you got the big leather chairs and shit. You on vacation? What's, what's going on, man? What, talk about the I vacation, am, brother. I am. I am. We snuck away for a little bit. Uh, you know, during this pandemic, I'll tell you right now, Florida is the wild, wild west. <laughs> shit. <laughs> <laughs> they don't know what a mask is. And so we're definitely staying contained to the house that we're in right now. Yeah, I feel you, man. You on the road too, right, uh, Jay? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm down in uh, South uh, North Carolina visiting my pops. That's what's up. People That's what's up. Retirement home over here, so I came to visit, hang out for a little bit. That's all right, man. Well, since no one asked me how I'm doing, I'll go ahead and tell you anyway. I'm chilling, baby. No, nah, this, this, so this this is uh, my last uh, podcast from my current location. I'll be relocating to uh, Washington D.C. tomorrow. Um, so you know, I'm gonna go get some fucking wings, some mojo sauce, start listening to go-go music and shit like that. Probably be friends with Wale. Who knows? You know? I, was, I was just gonna say that. Get your Wale on. Yeah, man. Get some fucking some Nike boots and shit. You know what I'm saying? I, I might I might fuck around and find some like uh what the, some frat boys to start a fight with. You know what I'm saying? What's some other parties that were like? Don't doesn't don't one of them you're you're a frat you went to college and shit and did the cool stuff um who who's the guys that were like red and white those are the kappas right kappas kappas yo mm -hmm. listen all the kappas out there I don't want no beef man the other motherfuckers the kappas and the Qs y'all good y'all got actual tough guys you know what I'm saying the rest of y'all y'all can catch these fists man but um listen we're gonna jump straight into the shit uh, because I don't want to waste any time we got a lot of things to cover uh, the first thing we're gonna talk about is uh, Sesame Street. You know, this was a uh, show that I, I was raised on, man. I, I grew up with uh, Big Bird and Snuffleupagus, all those cool guys, and they are introducing two new characters. Uh, so Sesame Street introducing two new Muppets, a black father and son, as part of an effort to help children understand racial literacy. The two Muppets, Wes and Elijah, were introduced in a short video created by Sesame Workshop. Uh, in the video, Elmo wants to know why Wes's skin is brown. So his father, Elijah, explains the concept of melanin and how color and how the color of our skin is an important part of who we are. And uh, let me tell you right now, that, that touched me, man, in the heart. Because now that I think about it, I don't remember like a bunch of black Muppets on Sesame Street, man. I remember black characters, you know, I remember black characters in Sesame Street, but I... To me, the only person I thought was black on there was like Oscar the Grouch, man, because he was just like a bum, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But I don't remember any, you know, maybe Cookie Monster, you know what I'm saying? Because he was like that uncle that you had that was on that shit, you know what I'm saying? So that's it. Now we have two black characters to help teach America and the world that uh, color is important because a lot of times we hear the whole saying of I don't see color, you know, and, and I don't I don't see color and that's not important and I'm colorblind, but we all know that, you know, our color is part of our culture, it's part of our race, our ethnicity, it's who we are, and it also defines some of the experiences that we go through, man. So as uh, two, you know, gentlemen with kids that more than likely watch Sesame Street, uh, what are your thoughts on Sesame Street adding two characters of color? We'll start with my man. 
Cool. What's good? So I think it's great. You know, I do. Um, I, I guess I look at it a little different in terms of I, this is going to sound opposite of what you just said, but I, I don't think Sesame Street ever saw color. I don't, when I looked at their characters and I'm talking about the Muppets, mm -hmm. I didn't really see color with them, right? I never identified any one Muppet as um, this one's black, this one's white. You know, I know Ernie and Bert, there was some other conversation. Oh, about oh yeah, they, yeah, they had the LGBT couple. <laughs> yeah, <you> know, <laughs> that they were, you know, but I don't think we ever looked at it like that. But I do think that this is important that Sesame Street is introducing um, that conversation because uh, where does where does this learning begin? It begins at an early age, right? Mm -hmm. um, so I remember my daughter, Brielle, um, she goes to a uh, predominantly uh, white school or she went to a predominantly um, that's that's because you got money no i'm talking about preschool <laughs> and so um uh i remember her coming home and saying about when is my skin gonna turn their color and so my wife who was home yeah my wife who was home uh and she she's better with handling that stuff you know because she has a softer tone where I probably would have said some really, really <laughs> ignorant stuff about that. But, you know, we explained to her about why her skin color is beautiful, why it's important, you know, and my wife has gone that extra mile to making sure that, you know, whenever there's African-American characters on, you, you know, any kind of shit. Like last night, we watched Bebe's Kids, believe it or not. I let them watch Bebe's Kids. Uh, yeah, you know, they didn't want to watch it at first, but I thought it was important that they see... Some African, and as I was watching it, I said, "Man, they should have made some more, maybe not that harsh cartoons, but more yeah. cartoons like these, because I think it's important for the kids, you know, to see see the characters that that who they look like." And again, I think it starts at an early age. And just to finish up, I think it's important for young Caucasian, young Asian, young uh, other races to see these things because this is where it starts. It's homegrown, and it starts at an early age. And if we instill that you know the, the one thing that we all are is human beings and we can truly really realize that term seeing back seeing past color it's going to start now and i think it's great that sesame street and i hope more um early early educational platforms do this hmm. jay what's up uh, I, I agree. I just want to recap on what uh, what who said. It's uh, these these things are like kind of normalizing the black experience. And what happens is people can't relate to black people because you don't see us. So then you think that you're so foreign and that you're not like. But we're all the same. We all have families. We want to survive. We want to for this for the most part be healthy and be law abiding. You know, there's more of us that are like that. But the representation is is the opposite. But now if you show cartoons that instills that you know they're pretty normal. They have families, father and son relationship. Like my kids love Doc McStuffin. It Doc, shows a black shit, little bro. girl yeah. that she's a doctor and my girls mm -hmm. dress up like her. They were doing pigtails like her. Th that, that's important, you know? It's important for parents. It's important for families. It's also important for people that are not minorities to see that we're pretty normal. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. Um, it's healthy. Healthy across the board. So I, I love it. So I, I, I'm, I'm going to be honest, man. Like I... I think I got my whole education from uh, different cultures. Like prior to being introduced to them, like as like a late teenager and adult, I got all that shit from TV, man. Like you want to know where I learned about uh, the Jewish culture from? Fucking the cartoon Rugrats. 
the cartoon Rugrats mm. taught kids about Passover yeah. and yeah. fucking Seder because they, because because they, they they were essentially Russian Jews, right? Mm-hmm. And they incorporated uh, their culture into that show. And then they also had black characters, so they had so they, they did Kwanzaa. I want to say it was Susie, who's the black character yeah. on there. Cree Summer, shop at Cree Summer. Uh, they they did a Kwanzaa episode. And they you know of course did the normal you know Christian you know Christian holidays whatnot. But they did all this other stuff as well to teach kids about these different components of uh, just culture in general, man. And I, I remember like I, I was a kid. I was probably like twelve or thirteen watching that shit, and I was like, oh, that's what Passover is about. You know, oh, that's what Hanukkah's, you know, that's what Hanukkah's about, things like that. And, um, you know, I, I definitely, um, I can admire them doing that. And they, I mean, they added an autistic uh, child on there. They added a child on there that um, I, I want to say was like homeless or, was, you know, was like poor, right? And they, they did, they, added, they had, a, they had a, a, a character that had like two same sex, uh, same gender uh, parents. So they're, they're, you know, I mean, that's like a conservative's worst nightmare, man, is, you know, all these, uh, you know, scary things, these alternative lifestyles, you know, being, you know, taught to kids. Cause it's like, they're, they're not going to learn it at home, you know, cause it's like, I'm being like, listen, man, true story, parenting 101, bro. I, I dated a girl, right? Uh, maybe for like two years we lived together, right? She had a daughter. Uh, the, the girl, the woman, she was uh, half black and half white, right? So her mom was black, dad was white. Her sisters looked completely white, blonde hair, blue eyes. And she looked like um, Stacey Dash a little bit, right? Um, except with bigger breasts. And she just was nice. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But uh, and so her daughter was ha- half Puerto Rican and half, well, half, half Puerto Rican, a quarter black, quarter white, right? But the dad was raised, he was adopted, raised by white people, right? So he didn't identify with his Puerto Rican background, right? So when, when a daughter would go see the grandparents and the cousins, uh, they were white girls. And when she would go see the family, like the dad's family, they were white boys, right? Or, and like white women, like white people, right? So I, I recall uh, her coming home from school one day and she said one of the little girls told her that she wasn't white, you know? And she was like upset about it. And I turned to the mom and I'm like, you haven't told your daughter this? <laughs> like, you haven't told your daughter she's a black woman? You know what I'm saying? Because regardless, no one's going to see the, you know, the, the, her Puerto Rican background or her, 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 you know, her quarter whiteness or whatever. Or, <clears throat> nah, they're going to see she's a brown-skinned girl. You know what I'm saying? And that's what she is. So she has to understand that she's going to get looked at differently, you know, because there's a reason, like there's a whole component, you know, to her culture that wasn't being taught, you know? And then like, when I, when I started talking to her, it's like, yo, like, have you ever taught her about anything, you know, black? And she was just like, no. And, and what the reason was because the mom was like light-skinned, uh, she thought that she passed uh, for like white, you know what I'm saying? And w- when it got down to it, uh, she didn't have any black female friends. Because if you got some black female friends, they're going to fucking, they're going to gather your ass up and let you know what the fuck is going on, right? But nah, she didn't have any black friends. They were all like uh, Hispanic and white. And I'm like, yo, like how, that was some shocking shit. That like kind of, you know, jammed shit up with us. Cause I'm like, yo, man, I can't be raising, <laughs> you know, I can't be sitting there playing stepdaddy to a black girl who doesn't know she's black and you guys have no intention of like teaching her any of that kind of shit. Cause really, is that my place to, is that my job? to teach her about her blackness when I'm not her parent at all. You know what I'm you saying? You want to hear something funny that I could chime in on? Uh, What's that? So, so I go to, so majority of my friends are mostly black and, you know, I, I have friends of mixed race, but most of my close friends are from high school, mm-hmm. which they're minorities. Cause you know, that's where, where, where you align yourself with people that look like you. 
So I'm at the playground with my really big black guy. My friend's like 300 pounds, 6'1", big black dude. And we're at the playground, and our kids are playing with a bunch of bunch of white kids, a bunch of Spanish kids, and there's a lot of foreigners there at this playground. And then uh, all of a sudden, my daughter comes up to me, and she goes, Dad, she goes, the little girl over there, and she's probably like three or four, maybe she was four years old. She goes, the little girl asked me, uh, was I black? You know, so I looked at her, and I kind of like laughed, and I said, look, what did you say? <laughs> and she goes, she goes, I told her no. She goes, look at my skin, Dad. She goes, I'm not black. You know, she's like, I'm really light, you know, and she kind of like walked away. So then my black friend looks at me and he goes, you, you never told your daughter that she was black? And then I was like, it never dawned upon me too. So like, I'll give you an example. I'm a black man. There's, there's no misconstruing what I am. My dad never sat me aside and said, hey, by the way, we're black or we're African-American. <laughs> I kind of just, just knew it. Yeah. Me? So... And, I mean, so well, like, bro, that, that nose, you got a, you got a black nose, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? But so when you said that she's, she told a story that like, she didn't tell her daughter, it's like, you know, I, I sat back and I was like, you know what? I never thought that I had to tell my daughter what, what we were, just kind of was like a, a normal thing. And then after that, I did, I explained to her, I said, oh, Olivia, I said, you know, black is a term for African-American. And I said, and we're that. So I said, that's what she means by it. But I said, your skin is not necessarily black. But I didn't think that was ever going to be a conversation that I would ever have to have. You know what I mean? I didn't think it mattered, to be honest yeah. with you. And, and, and you know, Torian, kind of piggybacking on what I had said before, my wife had to have that conversation with Brielle mm. when she had came home and made that comment um, to Jay's point because we never, well, you know, Larissa is full African-American. You know, with me, I'm actually more Puerto Rican than I am African-American, but I grew up in the Lincoln Village. <laughs> I grew up in Asbury Park. <laughs> my grandmother, who's the, the predominant matriarch in my house, is African-American. I grew up on collard greens and black eyed peas. I'm black. And that's the end of the conversation. Yeah. Actually, more people who are Hispanic dislike me because I don't speak it, you know, or don't speak the native tongue. And it took me a really long time. So, you know... I had to follow up with Brielle and say, listen, baby, we're African-American, you know, and she's like, but mommy said, you're also Spanish. And I said, yes, that too. But, <laughs> you know, that's not what the police see, you yeah. know? <laughs> and that's how I ended that conversation with her. But to Jay's point, no one ever had to sit us down and say, hey, you're African-American or black. It was just, you knew what you were, you know? So, so am I, so is this, so am I overreacting? Or am I like being irrational by thinking that if you have a mixed race child that you should tell them, hey, this is what you are or, I, or, I, or should just like develop naturally? Because my, my fear, right, is that <clears throat> like I have a daughter. My daughter is super black, right? But it's like if I were to be with, you know, someone else that wasn't black, it's like, okay, is there going to be some like moment where we got to sit down and say, hey, you know, you're this and you're this and here's what we teach you about it or, or is it I, even important? I think no, it I, is, and I, I think it is, and I'm gonna tell you why. One of the other things you will see, Torian, is also, it all depends on where you live, right? Mm -hmm. So one of the things that originally Larissa and I, when we were looking for homes was, we wanted to live in neighborhoods with other African-Americans. The problem is in Monmouth County, you're either living in Neptune, you know, where there's a huge, nice, large population, you're living in certain pockets, right? Yeah. My ideal place I wanted to live was really in northern New Jersey because there's more 
African-Americans, you know, with, you know, degrees and different things like that, that you can kind of vibe with. So when that doesn't happen, right, because we grew up in pockets where when I looked across the street, there was nothing but black people, right? So yeah. we've never had to have that conversation to Jay's point. But when Brielle looks across the street now, she sees some white kids. So it's different for her. And I had, you know, so those conversations had to be had. And then, you know, so what we also have done is made sure that, you know, not that it's a segregation because Brielle, we, you know, Brielle plays with her white friends. She has white friends. We don't, you know, we're not racist. We're, we're you know, I hate saying that because when you say that, you sound like a racist. Yeah. But <laughs> I got white know, friends. <laughs> my baby. And she doesn't, and Brielle does not see color. To her, it's a rainbow. She loves everyone. And that's how it should be in America. Yeah. That's how it really should be. But we also want to make sure that she understands her roots yeah. and where she comes from. Because in the mirror, she's a black girl, you know? And I think that that gets lost with a lot of um, young African-American kids who come up in maybe a more middle-class society because they kind of lose that, you know, they lose some of that or they, they don't feel that identity because they feel like they have to fit in to this other culture, you yeah. know? Um, and so it, I, I think it is important, Torian, that we do have those conversations. Jay, you were saying? No, I, I, it's one of those things that I think uh, how you look. And so like my wife's brother, he's of mixed race, but he looks like a white guy. He's like logic. So the world views him as a white guy. <laughs> so if you ask him what he is, more than likely he's going to say that I'm white because that's yeah. his representation. You know, it's the same as my daughter. She's really light. She's got light brown hair. She's got blue eyes. So the world, when they see her, they're like, well, we don't know what you are. You know, so, so she's going to have to be able to tell people uh, more than likely that she's African-American. But if she wanted to say she was Spanish, she could pass. If she wanted to say she was mixed, she could pass. If she wanted to say she was really white and her hair was straight, she'd probably pass. Like, it's just, you know, so I think it's important that you share it with her. But I, I don't think it's one of those things that it really defines, you know, you are what you are. It's not going to really define. If I didn't, it wouldn't define her makeup. Like, she okay. would figure it out. You know yeah, I feel you. I feel you, man. That's all right, man. You know, shout out to everybody with daughters out there, man. That shit is, that shit is rough, man. Like, I, I look at my daughter all the time, man. I'm like, she's going to get away with so much shit. And if I had a son, like, she would be thrown across the room for it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it's crazy, man. Like, my daughter, like, spit all in my face today. I was, like, holding her up and kissing her. And then she just was, like, just spit all in my shit, right? And I was like, yo, it's, it's okay. But if you were a boy, like, I would have fucking tombstoned her. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, that that would have been her introduction to fucking WWF is that I would have tombstoned the shit out of her, man. And then, like, because and even, like, like I'm playing with my daughter, right? She's eight months. And I'm, I'm kind of, like, she she wants to play, like, all active and rough and shit. And it's like, yo, I can't just, like, throw you across the room because, you know, your mom will freak out. So I got to, like give you a little, I, I call it toddler tipping. So like when she's crawling on the sofa, mm -hmm. I just push her over and then she falls over and then she just fucking laughs and it's funny as shit. Mm -hmm. so, <laughs> but yeah, man, that's all right, man. Daughters are a trip. But uh, speaking about, uh, you know, women and the, the amazing just run that they're on, the, the trajectory, women are running the world, you know, let's just fucking bow down and, and take a seat, let them do their thing. So in Boston, Boston uh, turned a historic page with their first black and first female mayor. So this is the first time they had a black mayor, the first time they had a female mayor. So uh, the new mayor is Kim Janey. So from the uh, Associated Press, uh, 
Kim Janey, who was a child who had rocks hurled at her at her school bus during Boston's desegregation era. She makes her historic elevation as the first woman and first black person to serve as mayor in the city with her swearing in last Wednesday. She replaced fellow Democrat Marty Walsh, who was reassigned to become President Joe Biden's uh, labor secretary. And she was previously the city council president and she will serve as the acting mayor until the mayoral election uh, next fall. And so, have you guys ever been to Boston? Uh, yes. I haven't. My wife went to school in Boston. I know it's one of the most racist so, places. So then, That's the first time I, my yes. mixed wife found that she was black in Boston. Yes, yes. Mm. Let me tell you, Boston, Boston, I learned a bunch of stuff in Boston. Boston refers to black people as Mondays. You know what I'm saying? And, and I learned that because I had a, I had a white friend up there, well, I, a white coworker, right, who was from Boston. And every time, like, he'd be around some black folks, he'd be talking about, man, I, I fucking hate Mondays. And they'd be like, Thursday, bro. You know, it's like, I just can't fucking stand Monday. So then I asked another black person from Boston, what the fuck did that mean? And he was like, oh, that's a code word for uh, black people that they use in Boston. They, they call them Mondays. You know what I'm saying? That's so it's insane. a way of being racist without being racist. It's saying, yo, I, I fucking can't stand Mondays. Yo, if you're talking about I hate Mondays on a Saturday, yo, you a fucking racist. But uh, shout out to Boston, super racist. Uh, but you guys have a black mayor for at least six, seven months until, you know, the the whites unite and elect a white yeah, or white mayor. <laughs> but yeah that's crazy it's crazy to think that like a major city like that let alone a black person the first female you know what i'm saying like that's that's insane but um what what is there left for like females to be the first at you know because i i feel like you know, we've had the, besides president, obviously, right? We've had the first female vice president. Um, you know, the, we got female coaches in the NBA and the NFL. Um, and it's crazy, like, looking at the paper and still seeing their first time doing some shit, man. And uh, when do you think we won't have to see that again? And, and just what are your thoughts on just, uh, you know, women fucking taking over for the 9-9 and 2000? I mean, me personally, I think it's always going to be a man's world and it's just the way it is. And I think right now you're seeing like a, a radical like rebalance of things just because that's the, the current timeline. But I think it'll spin back and be the same. Like, you know, not to be negative because I do have daughters, but I think this just point in time, it's we're very inclusive. I think it'll spin back and it'll be a time where we won't be as inclusive. Like right now you have due to COVID, the more women are out of the workforce than they've ever been that'll be an excuse in the, in the future that they'll say, well, you know what? Men are more implorable because God forbid we ever have a pandemic, women are going to be the first people to leave the, the workforce. So, you, you know, justifies why they should pay you and me more because I've never left the workforce, even though I do yeah. have children, you know? Yeah, but well, they, just, they had to go be caretakers, man. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Listen. I think it's just for the current, the, the current, like, trend is to be inclusive. So the inclusive of minorities and inclusive of women's, but I, I, think, the, I think the trend will go away, you know? unfortunately. <clears throat> so the term first is always going to be there, Torian, because women didn't have the rights as the white man did when they came over here on Plymouth Rock. Just like there's always going to be the term for African-Americans first, the first African-American this, the first African-American that. The same thing is going to be the case for women. I, I, I truly, the comment you just made, Jay, about um, women leaving the workforce. It's unfortunate that they did have to go, uh, you know, because someone had to make a choice because I believe um, women are way more productive. I agree. Uh, I, I agree I, as well. I, I, I 
I I run 17 McDonald's locations now. The predominant women who run my rest, the predominant people that run my restaurant are women and they're the best at their job. You know why? Because they run households. They know how to balance their multitaskers. Women are the shit. And people need to realize that, that if we had a woman president, if we had more women in the Supreme Court, if we had more women in the Senate, we had more women in Congress, we'd be getting a lot more done. It's really sad that it's still this, you know, the, and that we get into these gender roles. And I know I, I'm even to fault because, you know, my wife is the predominant one with the children, you know, but she also has a career herself, you know, and the way I try to balance that is I try to give her as much support as I can when I can't be there, you know, because she still has her own job. She has her yeah. own goal. She has the things that she wants to do. And it's not fair that she gets sidetracked because she has children. So again, women kind of get um, behind because of that sometimes. Now, just to get to this mayor in Boston, I think it's great, but it's short term. We all know yeah. this. We all know Boston is racist. One of my one of my favorite movies is The Departed. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and you get to see Boston live and in living color. You know, um, I mean, uh, Boston and Philadelphia, I consider them twin sisters. In their yeah. races, yeah. With these. yeah, you know that's the reality of the situation. Um, it would be great if this if this woman was elected uh, elected to a full term, but it's probably it's highly unlikely that it's going to happen. But congratulations to her on being the first in in Boston to do it. Yeah, man, that's that's you know it's uh, I'm I I, I like to say that I'm I'm proud, man. Like because we came up in the era where you know we went from we went from like seeing like what jesse jackson run for president and it was like a fucking joke you know what i'm saying but then you know things kind of got serious uh once we started to see a lot more of us in in, in politics and holding prominent seats and every, we all always thought like colin powell was going to be the guy uh but then you know we, we have barack obama come so it's like you know our, our our you know grandparents our parents got to see a black president they went to segregated schools you know, they, they grew up seeing MLK get shot, you know, and then they got to see a black president. Now you got a black female president, you know, little, you know, Asian American kids that get to see, I don't want to say like Kamala Harris is like the token, uh, Kamala Harris, is like the token Asian, but she's fucking Indian, bro. Like she's Indian and black, you know, and you got, you got all these, uh, other people. Who's that in the background? There's some noise in the background. Somebody's oh, in the yeah, background, super loud. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so it's like, you know, you've got to see like all these uh, just different people, you know, from women in the Supreme Court to women being NFL coaches to women holding the vice presidency. And then after Joe Biden has an aneurysm, she'll be the president, you know. So, you know, it, it's, it's just it's just kind of uh, refreshing, man, to see all this happening, especially being a, a parent with daughters. You know, it's just uh, it's all right. So that whatever's in the background, that's like coming out super loud. Oh, is it? Yeah. Right, Let me see if I can move. Hold on. Give me one second. Yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and mute you. Yeah, mute me. Because the uh, the fans are gonna get mad and they're gonna curse you on the comments, man. So just stand by for that. <laughs> all right, all right. So while that's going on, I'll go ahead and ready up this next topic, man. What the fuck? So the Ninth Circuit Court, man. Um, you're not a gun all Julio, are you? No. Nah, man, you got to get with the program, man. Get you a gun, man, so you can protect yourself from these invaders at the southern border. But um, <laughs> <laughs> no, but no, seriously, man. So uh, 
The Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals just they dealt a major, major blow to gun fanatics, and part of this is coming out of Hawaii. Uh, so just to read the byline, the Second Amendment doesn't say anything about being able to carry a gun around in public. Uh, the Ninth Circuit Court decided that it doesn't say anything beyond granting citizens the right to possess a gun as a part of a well-regulated militia. And so even as uh, people continue to work in the courts to correctly interpret the Second Amendment, the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals took a major step in that direction. So Hawaii has a law that places severe restrictions on who can carry a gun in public, whether it be open carry or concealed. So uh, last week, the Ninth Circuit Court ruled in favor of that law. This means that the court is essentially saying there is no inherent constitutional right to carry a gun in public and that states can statutorily limit who can carry a gun. All right. And so uh, let me unmute you. What's up? You good? He's not. He's muted. Okay. Can you hear me? Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. My fault. I had to relocate. All right, it's all good. So you, you hear me? Last talking about we're talking about the uh, Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, uh, essentially saying that there is no inherent right to carry a gun uh, in public. Yeah. So my personal take, I, I don't really think you need to. You know what I mean? Like, I, I believe that you should be able to have a gun, but it's I, I don't think you, unless you're a cop or you're a licensed military person, where you've been trained and skilled. Like, I just don't think random Joe needs to walk down the block with a gun because I, I very rarely do I hear a story of random Joe saving the day because he had his gun on him. I usually hear the story of random Joe killing somebody or having an accident or somebody getting hurt. Like, I never hear that hero story that gun owners uh, claim, you know, so it's, personally, it's not for me, you know, get a rifle, hunt, do whatever, have a gun in your house to protect yourself. But I, mm -hmm. I, I feel like we should be like England and everybody should have billy clubs, bro. <laughs> Who's your thoughts, man? Yeah, so I, I, I got to go with, with Jay. And we talked about this, Torian, the last time I was on the podcast. I do think that every, every at first, I think there should be a universal background check. Um, and I think that some people should not be allowed to carry a gun uh, based on that background check. Um, and I do agree that you should be able to protect yourself in your home with a gun. Um, I also agree that if you want to go hunting, uh, as long as you've had a background check, you can have a gun for that. I don't think you need an AK-47 or an Uzi to do that. Um, but I also, I, this is not the wild, wild west. This is not bonanza. <laughs> you know, we don't have to walk around and show that we have a uh, a gun on our, you know, you're, you're, you're do your purpose for doing it is more to say, try me, motherfucker. Yeah. And see what's going to happen. You know, that that's what it does. When you... When you have that gun on your hip, and and that's from the old days, right? Showing, hey, I'm I'm strapped. It's like having a big dick, man. I, I'm yeah, a, that, listen, exactly. That, that's what it is. And so I, to me, I think it's great <laughs> that the Ninth Circuit, uh, you know, is upholding this. But when it gets to the Supreme Court, we know that it, it heavily, you know, it's it's now in the balance of the Republican party and the way they view things so it's going to be interesting unless john roberts puts a uh, turd in the punch bowl uh which yeah. he's been known to do from time to time so yeah. we'll see yeah so i mean my, my take is uh you know and i've been going back and forth with people on uh you know various social media platforms about this and everybody feels that because the constitution said that we have the right to have a rail regulated militia and blah 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 that that means they get to have twenty thousand guns and that their rights shouldn't be infringed upon but it's like, hey, man, why are you fucking pussy? 
that's the real question. Like, no, no one's saying you can't have a gun, right? You can have a gun. Why do you need a fucking rocket launcher? You know, why do you need uh, an assault rifle? Like, why do you need all this? Like, you're not, you're not hunting with this, and no one is coming to your fucking house. Like, no one is coming to your house to to do whatever they think they're gonna do. And when they do, a shotgun is what's gonna save you. You know what I'm saying? Like that handgun, like fam. There's more stories about there's more data to support you having like a shotgun as a, a protectional uh, weapon as opposed to a handgun, man. It's like, yo, once you rack that shit, it's a wrap. You don't even have to aim. You know what I'm saying? It's just bam. Once you once you pull that trigger, their entire fucking torso is gone. So it's like, you know, mm-hmm. let's just be realistic, man. But um, yeah, it's like all these, you know, and it's always like these fucking libertarians and conservatives and shit like that saying, oh, it's my constitutional right. But yet when we talk about, you know, fucking voting rights, which we just saw, you know, go down in Georgia, you know, we, we talk about women's rights, you know, we talk about trans rights, things like that, or just equality or just, you know, something as simple as Native Americans having sovereignty on their own land. That's when all those conservatives and all those libertarians, if you're a libertarian, suck my dick from the back. Fuck you, you pieces <laughs> of fucking shit. I fucking can't stand any of you. You are all pussy. Every libertarian is a fucking pussy because you do not defend voting rights. You do not defend black people when it comes to, uh, you know, us trying to combat stop and frisk or being murdered by the fucking police. You guys are fucking silent. You were all silent for Flannel Castile and fucking uh, Tamir Rice and everybody else that was gunned down by the cops. So libertarians, if you're listening, eat my ass. That's it. Just like Shaq Ted said to Kobe, rest in peace, Kobe. Yo, libertarians, <laughs> how my ass taste? I fucking can't stand you. But I, I'm going to just leave it at that. Uh, shout out to Hawaii. They're super fucking liberal. You know, that's... I've, I've carried a gun in public before when I lived in Georgia. And when I say it makes you feel like you have a big dick, listen, I'm a regular average size dude. But when I had a gun on me in public, open carrying, man, I felt like fucking John Holmes, except the whole, you know, sucking dick and being gay part. But I was like, yo, I got like a 12 inch fucking piece of meat right here. But it was a fucking, you know, eight inch piece of steel on my hip, man. It, it, it does make you feel a little bit tough, man. You feel like you can take, you feel like the fucking punisher, bro. And you are like, I wish a motherfucker would try me. Cause that's kind of how I felt, and that's why I stopped carrying. Because I know me, and I probably did something stupid. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So that's just me. You know that that's just me. I'm a little fucking. You know, I'm a little off, but I, I know my I know my personal flaws, man. I, I know my flaws, but um, I, I want to go off of there real quick, and then go on. Damn, I'm just like, you know, we, the last time you were on uh, Julio, we we talked about a fucking mass shooting. I want to say right, and then we had another one last week, and so um. The Gun Violence Archive uh, this year, as of March 22nd, counted more than 100 mass shootings in the U.S. Um, The total right now is higher than it was in 2018, 2019, and 2020. You know, last week, uh, the White House lowered the flags for the Colorado supermarket shooter. Uh, They had the same thing again for the Atlanta massage parlor shooter. And firearms have become the leading cause of death for all ages and the second leading cause of death for children under the age of 19, according to the Gifford uh, Law Center. And so it's wild, man, that we're still having these conversations about gun control and, you know, who should be able to own a gun. Because when you were here last time and then last week, we talked about it. I want to say the last time you were on here, we were talking about, you know, uh, background checks for mental health. And... The shooter who they're trying to crim- that they're trying to paint as being some radical Syrian terrorist, he was somebody. Had they done a background check because he had an assault charge and a, a mental health background, 
if a background check would have been completed properly, he wouldn't like he bought a gun uh, the same week that they fucking struck down the law to ban assault style weapons in Colorado, you know, and, and you still have people trying to like fucking like the like say, oh, you know, I can't have my rights infringed upon. Like it's just fucking nuts, man. Like I'm gonna be honest, man. Like um, I, I've been at a, a mass shooting at my workplace back in 2019. You know what I'm saying? And it's like I'm not like I didn't think it like I didn't think it affected me, man. Like I, I, I've 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 had a gun in my face before in the hood. You know what I'm saying? I wasn't that scared, you know. But dealing with some shit at the workplace, like I'm gonna tell you right now, man. Like uh, where I'm at now, I'm on like the the second, third floor. I'm on the third floor. So people from higher floors, when they open their outdoor like fucking screen doors and shit, there's like flashes of light that come in the come in the apartment and shit. And I'm like fucking this, man. I'm like fucking, you know, like like a goddamn Vietnam vet this motherfucker. Like, yo, who the fuck is aiming at me? And that's because, like, I, I mean, we've had, I, I want to say I've had two of, like, in the Navy. I, I've been through, like, two of those and shit damn near. So it's like, yo, that's just me. Y'all, are y'all motherfuckers, like, are y'all still cool? Or when y'all go somewhere, y'all, like, checking the exits and looking at which one of these guys want to come in and shoot this motherfucker up? I mean, I personally don't live my life in fear. I kind of, like, you know, even though I see it happening, it, it's just, it's, as a guy with kids, like I'm more alarmed that some kid that's going to say that he was bullied or something happened and he runs into school and starts killing people. I'm mm -hmm. just shocked that it continues to happen over and over and over and over and over and people don't support stricter gun laws. Like it seems mm -hmm. like, and, 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 and then it just what annoys me is you see, like, I saw this argument, they said, oh, when the Democrats get in control, there's a ton of uh, mass, mass shootings. shootings. Yeah, I saw that. So that was that false. Yeah, so it's, and, and, you know, it's just, it's propaganda, but it's like both sides need to come together and something needs to be done about it because it's just, it's, it never happened in my childhood where there were mass shootings and now it's become normalized, you know, and, and it's like when I was a kid, they blamed rap music for everything. So yeah. rap music's been around for 20 years. And and for, so so what are you going to blame it on now? Because we didn't have that listening to hip hop in the 80s. It's, on, it's Fortnite. Fortnite. It's Fortnite. Yeah, yeah, Fortnite's it's making the kids come to school with pickaxes and fucking shotguns and shoot each other and then build fucking structures. Yeah, yeah. It's just sick, man. It's just, you know, but it needs to, they need to, they need to do something serious, you know? Yeah, man. You well, know, uh, just real quick on this topic. Yeah, you good. First, T. And this kind of, I want to link back to something else we talked about. Uh, mo majority of the mass shooters are men, not women. And so, you know, you have to ask yourself why. And I was watching an episode of Bill Maher uh, the other day. And he summed it up great. They can't get no pussy, you know? So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's what I was going to say. You know, and, and, so. and, and, and that's what uh, he says. If some of them just got some game and got a piece of pussy, you know, they wouldn't be so angry and so you know, built up and, and, and picked on in a lot of cases, you know? Yeah. Um, and so, you know, and, 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 you know, so, and he's like, he said, you know, I'm, a, I'm ugly. That's what he said. He said, I'm ugly and I can get, you know, but then the guy, the woman said to him, well, you got money too. And he's like, well, yeah, that's true. But he's like, you know, so I think there's a, a lot of this. And again, you know, I don't want to lean too much on the mental side of this with the mass shooting, but there's this large, like, um, where society has kind of ostracized people and they don't know how to find their way through that process or at least get in with a group where they say, okay, this is, this is who I am. I accept who I am and I need to find people that I can be around. And when I say that, I don't mean angry white 
people trying to shoot people, but I think whatever whatever they're trying to fulfill in, in being in a social circle, they they want to be a part of it, but they get they're so angry and they can't do it, and then they go out and do these mass shootings, you yeah. know. And I think that that's that's what you're seeing. And again, I, I just believe we need a universal background check. I, I believe you know again. It, it, it has become just a norm, you know, when, and now I don't even read the articles, Torian, when I see mass shooting, I just kind of read the headlines, shake my head, you know, and like I told you, you know, we, we saw Columbine as kids. That was like the, yeah. the big mass shooting when we were in high school. I think we were, we were either sophomores or juniors because we weren't seniors, I don't think, yeah, no, no, when no, that no, happened. No. I think we were either sophomores or juniors when that happened. And like, that was the big one because I remember didn't Doc Flanagan make it, we wrote letters out there. To the, to the school, if I'm not mistaken. And so, you know, it that's become, you know, the thing and, and it's just become a norm, you know? And, and and to be honest with you, I do check the exit signs when I'm at the movie theater. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, cause, cause it should have happened in rural Colorado, man. Man came in like Joker shot that motherfucker up. Like I sit all the way in the back. I also go to the expensive theater, so that kind of <laughs> stuff doesn't happen there. That's only in the fucking little cheap-ass theaters where the seats don't fucking recline and shit. You can't order a fucking glass of wine to see. But I go to, like, the luxury ones, and I sit <laughs> all the way at the top because there's another exit at the top that I can just fucking dip out of, man. Because, listen, man, like, this shit is crazy. And I'm, I'm already traumatized from being in the military, man. I'm not trying to, you know, be around here, like, fucking, you know, Fire Marshal Bill all crazy and shit. But, um, yeah, man. But, uh, so... Listen, man, fucking New York, New York, New York, man. So uh, I normally have a shit ton of things to say negative about New York and NYPD, but um, the city council and the uh, civilian review board, they've done a bunch of great things uh, from releasing uh, the discipline records and misconduct records from shitty, dirty cops to now they have been the first uh, city, the first state, the first major police department to end qualified immunity. So last week on uh, Thursday, the city council voted to end qualified immunity. The decades old protection has prevented officers from being sued or being liable for misconduct. And New York is now the first city in the country to end qualified immunity. Uh, and this measure was passed as a part of police reform bills. Uh, critics argued that scrapping the protection will make officers less aggressive in fighting crime if they have to worry about lawsuits. But uh, City Council Speaker Corey Johnson said, this has been used to deny justice to victims of police abuse for decades. All right, so rooted in our nation's history of systemic racism, qualified immunity denied freedom riders justice, and it has been used to deny justice to victims of police abuse for decades. Uh, it should never have been allowed, and he is proud to see it end there in New York City. Now, with him uh, mentioning the freedom riders, for those listeners out there that don't know uh, what that was, is that when they were trying to desegregate the South and particularly the bus line, you had uh, whites that would go on the bus with blacks and they would ride the Southern buses together. And the police were the ones that would come out and snatch them off the bus and beat the shit out of them or kill them or turn them over to the fucking KKK. Or when you had, you know, civil rights protesters down there, the police were the ones that would fucking sick dogs on them and fuck them up and turn them over to the KKK, things like that. And, you know, citizens could not sue them, you know, and, for anyone to think that this isn't a racist policy, fuck you. That's it. That's all I'm gonna say, man. Like, I'm tired of, like, you know, treating uh, ignorant people with fucking kid gloves and being, like, courteous and nice because they're not nice to us, you know? 
they're not, you know, when, when you see people, you know, posting fucking memes of, uh, you know, George Floyd getting kneeled on, things like that, and think it's funny, it's like, you know what? I, I can't be nice to you guys. Like, God forgives. I don't. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, you know, why, why be nice to these people, man? So, like, the people out there that don't think these policies are racist, go fuck yourselves and uh, eat a dick or eat shit. Your choice. Both of them suck. You know what I'm saying? That's just my thing, man. But um, New York is is making this turn from being one of the most corrupt fucking cities in the country to being this place of reform. And it is from all these young people that are in the city council, all these young legislators and aldermen and women that are just out here, they're getting shit done and they're not, they're not, they're not letting their pockets be padded by the fucking police lobbyists and the fucking, you know, uh, the goddamn PBA, things like that. Like, these are the same fucking guys that didn't want to use body cams and didn't want to have dash cameras. You know what I'm saying? Like, didn't want to have, you know, fucking, like, if I'm interrogating somebody, like, that fucking video to be able to be released. To, to So, because you know what happened, you know what happens back in the day when they were forced confessions out of fucking people who probably didn't do shit. They would just beat the fucking shit out of them, you know? And, and it's just like, you know what? New York is actually, uh, they're actually making a round turn and leading the nation in these reforms, man. I'm happy to see it. Normally I would have a million shitty things to say about New York, but this is this is like the second month in a row where there's been some major legislation that's been passed that that is is looking promising, man. So I know, Jay, you're a resident of New York and you have stores in New York. We'll start with you, Jay. What are your thoughts on New York City not being so shitty? Well, uh, besides Cuomo, <laughs> right now, I think New York is, uh, they're leading the way, you know, and what they're doing is they're, uh, they're, they're establishing a precedent of accountability of what it, officers and police have had, like haven't had, there, there's been no accountability. So I think what uh, a lot of people get upset because like, you know, they, they sugarcoat things and they do initiatives, but there's never, ever any policy change. So this is like the first time in my lifetime that you're starting to witness that policy is changing and therefore it'll be reflected in reform. It'll be reflected in my life that I won't have to have an accountant because that officer is going to think twice like, wow, if I do something wrong to a good black person, I'm going to be punished and it's going to be reflected in, in my career. Like right mm -hmm. now, it's like you saw those uh, those cops that were, uh, they I think they, they list like the, the, the highest paid like officers, but they were also corrupt yeah. at the same time. So you have like bad behavior that's essentially rewarded. So you have a cycle of police work that re rewards bad behavior to minorities. This is gonna be the first time where you're gonna to start to see that there's uh, repercussions for bad acts. And so it essentially, uh, I would hope that it, uh, it, it fixes the police system, but at the same time, I think it's too easy to become a cop, but you know, that's, that's a whole other argument, mm -hmm. you know? Who's your thoughts, man? So I'm gonna pick up exactly where Jay left off in, in, in terms of what you, what you just said was so important, Jay, that it's too easy to become a cop. And so that's where my point's gonna go with this is that this is not enough. And this kind of goes back to the conversation, Torian, that you and I had a couple weeks ago on the podcast is that we need huge comprehensive reform when it comes to police officers in our country. Um, and, 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 you know, I am not a proponent of defunding the police. I'm a, pr a proponent of fixing how we police in this country. I think that that's important. I think that we could be a better society if, if we were able to, um, do, do a lot better in terms of, um, how we, um, really 
look at how police should operate in this country. Um, I think that this is a, a small, this is huge, but it's a small leap for what the bigger vision needs to be. And New York could be, New York City, I should say, could be a true um, um, a vehicle for this. You know, as long as we stay from the terms like defunding the police, that we cannot do. We need law and order in this country. Let's be clear here, okay? Uh, if someone robs me, I want to be able to call the police and have them come and take a statement, you know? Uh, so, but at the same time, to Jay's point, I think that the process in which people can become police officers, and I had watched, I, I wish I could remember the documentary that I watched that said, you know, that there needs to be more guidelines on how you become a police officer. There needs to be more of a background check on mental and physical on how, uh, you know, more on your mental and less on your physical on how you become a police officer, understanding the psyche of these individuals. And I think if we did that, then we would see, you know, some true change. But I think that this is great, but we need a larger comprehensive change on how we police in this country. Yeah. I mean, just, you know, for some clarification, it takes you longer to become a barber than it does to become a cop. Uh, in most states. And, you know, a lot of states don't have a requirement for any kind of uh, college education or any kind of degree, you know, and it's like to be a beautician, it takes longer to be a beautician to be able to do hair and nails because of the safety regulations and training you have to go to. It takes longer to be a beautician, to be a nail salon tech, to be a lash tech than it does to become a police officer. And it, I, I'm not trying to, I have friends and family that are cops, shout out to them. My, my man, Danny Adams down there, fucking locking people up down in Memphis. That's my guy, right? And you know, we have this conversation all the time. Um, and it's like, fuck man. Like I, I, cause I've had friends that have like gone to college and like and wanted to be cops. They were like good people that wanted to be cops and they got their commercial degrees and they get put on a fucking list for years. You know what I'm saying? And then you see somebody's fucking cousin who's a member of the fucking Proud Boys or hangs out with fucking neo-Nazis. They get picked up as a fucking cop and then three years later they got fucking five misconducts and then we're seeing them storm the fucking Capitol. You know, it's like, so, so it's like what... Who's 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 fucking selecting these people, man? And, and that this is where I think that um, I think the citizens should have a, a a say, a choice in who's policing them, right? If you have like a civilian review board and you got a city council, um, they should be able to pick who's going to be the police that police them. The same way we pick who's going to be our mayor, who's going to be our councilman, things like that. If I got a civilian review board to review police misconduct, then they can also review the records of who's coming out the academy. And they can be the ones that do that extra background check. You want to pay, you don't want to pay that extra money for that single spoke uh, background investigation, right? You want to pay for that J-PASS investigation? Get your civilian review board to simply go and scrub their social media and their associations and then bring that shit up. Right, because that SSBI might not catch that, right? But if I'm going through your social media and you got a bunch of fucking, you know, militia pictures in your shit, that might you might not be fit for this community you're policing in, right? Or or or, or let's say if you're a, a a white cop, right? Or you're trying to be a cop and you're white and you're going into a black neighborhood and you got all this fucking anti-black lives matter shit. Yeah, you can still be a cop, just probably not here. You know, because th this shit ain't going to work out, bro. I'm just being honest. Maybe that's a little bit too extreme on my part, but I'm an extreme motherfucker, man. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, that's just me. Like, your thoughts on allowing the civilians 
or a civilian review board to play a part in actually choosing the police officers that police those communities? Well, well I personally think it's excellent. I think it's a great idea. Power to the people, man. It, I think it's uh, what it does is it allows more transparency is what you, and these are things that you haven't had throughout the policy, uh, the history of policing in this country. You know, it, it's uh, a lot of times they, you know, they, 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 uh, they scrutinize like a no snitching policy, but that same policy is enforced within the police. So I think, uh, and I, I think unfortunately policing is, it's, there's a fundamental problem and it's uh, like, I'll tell a story that relates to it. I'm with a buddy of mine and he was at the time he was Irish. So he takes me to this pubs in the city and we're drunk off our like, you know, what's, and we're searching for another pub because it has discounts and it's, it's a, it's a, it's, I think it was two black guys. It was two white guys. And we had a Spanish guy with this Carlos and we're lost in, in NYC and we're drunk out of my mind. And my white friend goes, it goes, oh, let's just ask the cops. He goes, they're going to know directions. And my initial reaction was to be like, yo, what are you crazy? Like we're going to get <laughs> like arrested for drinking in public. So my friend goes up and he asks the guy for the cops with directions. He's drunk off his ass. The cops laugh and they go, oh, this is this way. He goes, we go there all the time when we're off duty, you know? So my friend, gets directions from the cops while we're drunk. And then me and my other buddy, when we're at the bar, we have a conversation because he's we're like, that was like Dave Chappelle's skit. Yeah. And I'm like, there is a fundamental problem with policing when you think a drunk white guy goes to the cops because he thinks that you're there to help him and you work for him. Whereas drunk black and brown people, we were fearful that you're not there to help me. Even though we're not committing any crimes, we're not doing anything wrong, we live, we live our lives in fear. You know, which is, you know. Let me tell you, sober, I'm not asking the cop for directions, bro. Because he's going to be like, yeah, exactly. you get your ass in the back of this fucking car, you fucking moolie. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for real. I'm going to direct your ass to this fucking billy club. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm yeah. good, man. Who, any opinion on this, man? You know, I think it. I think that that's a different way or take on it. I mean, again, when we, we, when we last met, I'm really big on... Um, the police should live in the communities that they service. Um, I think that that would stop a lot of things. Um, so I, I think that maybe you're, what you're proposing is kind of along the lines of what my feeling is. You know, I think if you want to work uh, in Asbury Park, New Jersey, uh, I think you should live in Asbury Park, New Jersey. I think you should know, understand the ins and outs of the community. I think you should understand uh, you know, the, the local people who live in there, the local business people. Um, well, well, hold on. That now was different, man, because now it's like the LGBT community. So no, no, I'm not just, you know, they gentrified the fuck out of Asbury, but there are still sections of Asbury park that need love, you know? And, and I was going to say, if you want to police in Camden, New Jersey, Oh yeah. Uh, then you should live in Camden, New Jersey. If you want to, you want to live in Trenton, New Jersey, and I'm naming some of these places like Trenton, Camden, Atlantic City, um, because they should look a lot better than they do, but mm -hmm. they still look like war zones. And be, and part of the reason is is because the police officers that police there do clock. They punch the clock. I'm not saying all of them are just doing that, and they go home to their little nice suburban communities that they live in. And and a lot of their minds, it's well, we're just gonna let them just kill and shoot each other up and you know do whatever it is they do. But to me, you're taking tax dollars. To your point, Torian, you're taking tax dollars from these taxpayers because there are taxpayers that live in Camden and Atlantic City and Trenton and all these different areas. 
um, you should live there too. Yeah. I bet I bet you those communities would look a lot better if the police officers lived in those communities. Uh, so I, I gotta put you on the spot, man. I got a question for you as a business owner. Mm-hmm. You be giving cops fucking free food? Yeah, I do. Do you give you know, you know that? Hey <laughs> man, listen, the audience doesn't know that, man. So now it's my that. next question. Do you give the military free food? Yes. What? In in, in uniform, yes. I could have yes. been eating fucking McChickens this whole time for 20 years. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I, give, bullshit, I give, dog. I give, That's bullshit. I give, I give, if a firefighter shows Are up. Are you fucking kidding me? We feed, I, yes. Yo, I'm yep. about to, yes. Bam! I was a fucking recruit. I could have, I could have bought my whole office there and just ate fucking McRibs. And I don't eat McRibs anymore, but I could have ate McChickens and, and, and. Arts deluxes and shit, man. Like, goddamn. I mean, That's what's up, when, though, man. When you think about it, you know, we pay taxes in all of these townships that we do business in, right? Yeah. We want to make sure that, you know, we've made an investment in the communities that we're in. And if, God forbid, something happens, we want the police to show up in a timely manner. We want the fire department to show up in a timely manner. We want the EMTs to show up in a timely manner. You know, God willing, we don't have a lot of issues in our restaurants, you know, thank God. But, you know, it goes a long way. And like I said, not every, um, there are a lot of bad cops, but there are a lot of really good cops. Two of my frat brothers, my one of my line brothers, he's a state trooper, you know. And to your point, he had to go through the process. He should have been a state trooper right out of the gate. He's more than qualified. My other frat brother, him too. They wouldn't even take him in New Jersey. He went to Delaware, but he was more than qualified to be in either one of them, you yeah. know? And and he's, and both of them are flourishing. One is, it, it does um, stuff with the casino, um, uh, you know, like the casino commission down in Delaware. And I know he does some other stuff. And Tyon is like big up on like the security detail for, um, for the Lieutenant Governor, you know? But he should have got that job straight out to your point. All these other people are able to get into it, you know, so, but he has to, they have to jump through hoops to do it sometimes. So now my next question, well, I'm gonna go right to you, Jay, because you, you, you're in Long Island. There's a lot of cops out there. <laughs> would you let your daughter date a cop? Or here's the question. Would you, would you rather your daughter date a cop or a struggle rapper? <laughs> uh, I mean, if she did it as a successful rapper, that'd be a different question. I don't want her to date anybody. <laughs> oh, okay. So he, he's got he's got twenty thousand followers. He he gets five hundred thousand streams a year. So he's like he's okay. So would you rather have your daughter date an up and coming rapper or a new officer, a new cop? The reality is, I want my daughter to date somebody that she loves and that she's happy with. And oh my god advice for her but i mean i don't i don't personally care if she dates a cop it doesn't make a difference to me or a rapper it doesn't make a difference you know You're i would insane. hope that we that we educate her a little bit more that she aspires for better on either end but that that's just me you know listen man it doesn't doesn't matter to me if my daughter dates a cop i'm fucking disowning her I, this 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 is this is on audio this is recorded this is today's the 30th of fucking march if my daughter were ever to date a cop i would disown her uh that's just me because if he came to the house, I had to fight him. Just off, just just off of nothing personal, nothing personal. But I gotta, I'm gonna be like, yo, this this is for Amadou Diallo. He could be the nicest guy in the world. I'm gonna still 
chip him up one time, you know, and then he's gonna fuck me up, right? Because he's a cop with cop buddies. Is, you know what I'm saying? Like, so, like I get you, I get your angle that obviously there's a there's a fundamental like problem with policing, but I'll, I'll give an example. It's like, you know how many fights I got into black people? I'd be fighting every black person in the world that I ran past to past because I got into a fight with a black guy as a kid. I'm not angry at them. I know that they were just a few fucked up black people. What I want from the cops is I want good cops <laughs> to speak up about bad cops. I just don't That's want a cop dating my daughter, bro. Like I know cops. I have friends that are cops, like friends, friends. Like we, we go do shit. I thought I was a dirty person, right? Like I was a piece of shit. Like these motherfuckers are grimier than me. You know what I'm saying? Like they're grimier than me. You know, shout out to my friends that are cops. I'm not ratting on y'all. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, yeah, I've heard the stereotypes, but I'm like, and there, there, there's, right. there's, there's high issues of domestic violence and abuse no, things. So, so, that, so that's what alcohol, I'm going off of. So alcohol, that, abuse, alcohol, stress, because it's a high stress level. I, let me be serious right. now, right? I don't hate cops. I love you guys. But it, it will be the same thing about letting my daughter date somebody in the military that's like an actively deployed person, like a Marine, as opposed to like somebody that's like a sailor who's like, who has access to email and is chilling, right? It's like, um, there's a, a super high level of stress and a high level of PTSD uh, that they don't get evaluated for right? Just because they're not using their service weapon, right? Doesn't mean that they're not going through traumatic experiences. Like even like them stopping a, a rape from happening or breaking up a fight or doing whatever, they're just taking on an inherently high amount of trauma every day going, they just want to come home, right? And so it's like anything can can set them off. It's like a ticking time, but I, I, I equate them the same way a Marine coming back from fucking Iraq, you know, or Afghanistan, things like that. Except I see them as uh, more susceptible to that kind of behavior. And if you look at the stats, high divorce rates, high domestic violence rates, uh, alcoholism, drug use, things like that, steroid use, all that kind of shit. But then they get away with it because of the blue wall of silence. So with me being serious, that's why I would be very, uh, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be too happy if my, if my daughter dated a police officer, that's just me. And I say that, right. I want, when I was in San Diego, I dated a federal police officer for about two years. That was one of the most frightening experiences in my fucking life. You know what I'm saying? Like she she had to test, she has to test her her taser every morning, right? That's like a requirement uh, to check your taser. She would like check it by my fucking head. So I would wake up every morning to just zap, zap, zap. And I'm like, yo, what the fuck? So now, and she thought it was funny. I'm like, yo, you, you're, you're traumatizing me, man. I'm a fucking victim here. But no, you know what I'm saying? I couldn't, who am I tell? Who am I going to tell? Like, we got in an argument one time and she was like, she's going to get her cop buddies to like, fuck me up. And I'm like, yo, who am I going to fucking tell? You know what I'm saying? And then, you know, she put hands on me one time, bro. You know what I'm saying? She like slapped, I didn't even do shit. All right. She slapped me, bro. And so what I did, you know, what I did was, let me tell you, this is, I'm, listen, when it comes to women, I'm pussy. I don't even raise my voice. I don't argue. I got to get the fuck out of there, right? Because I know how I get when I get upset. I don't want you to ever witness that, right? So it's like, I went into the fucking bathroom, bro, locked the door and climbed out the fucking window. And then I called her fucking commander and was like, yo, <laughs> your girl just fucked me up, bro. You need to, And he came and talked to her. He came and got her at the house. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, if I went through that as a man, right? What the fuck are these women going through? Yeah, I agree. I guess you have more experience than than I do. Like the, the reality is most of the cops I know, they're pretty decent and normal. So, you know, th that's what I'm basing my experience. Like I know a cop and he's a great guy. You know what I mean? Like he is, like, he's not like, like he's a gentleman. He's a great dad, all the things that you could think of on paper. So he's my reference, you know? And then I also know yeah. my best friend's mom who's a detective. 
you know, a minority black woman who's also a cop that she's another restaurant. She's not as good as the other guy. She's got her flaws and stuff, but overall a good person. I could say, all right, two of the cops that I know, 75%, that's, you know, that ain't bad, you know, in terms of personal relationships, you know? Yeah. Yeah, man, that's, that's who, you got an opinion on this, man? You know, if your daughters come home and they're dating a cop, you, you, let, you letting that rock? Yeah, I mean, my wife is always joking with me. It's about the check and the pension. And so, you know, <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I mean, I, and again, like Jay said, you know, I want, I want my daughters to be happy at the end of the day, right? And I want them to be with someone that they care about. But I also want someone who has a check and some type of retirement plan that can take care of my babies. Man, but, fuck that, man. Um, just, just, just get them ready to have that share on their own so they don't need no well, fucking man that, to worry about that well, bullshit, that man. That, of course. That, of course. But if they're with someone, I don't want some bum that's just, you know, soaking up, you know, all the heart, their inheritance, that, you know, at the same time. But, you know, Jay has a point. I mean, you know, the people that I know who are officers, they are good people. You know, yeah. um, we we all we all know like yeah, I, I can I name know. at least twenty of them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They're all great. Yeah. But However, then you know, but then again, I mean, like the guy, they're the exceptions. They're the I exceptions. Don't you, I don't know if you saw that article, Torian, about the officer, and he was the officer when we were kids, and he would come in the store. He shot his wife. Oh he yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, Phil. I think his name is I yeah. Phil Seidel is his name. And so, you know, you see a case like that where he was a really nice, well, you know, like who knew, you yeah. know, cause he would come into the restaurant. He was a really nice officer. He always spoke to us. It was like, you know, oh man, he's a great guy. And then you see this article in the paper and you're like, oh shit. So to your point, Torian, you know, you just never know, you know, um, but I don't want to stereotype all police or I shouldn't even say police, all officers of the law right because they can fit in so many categories there you have your local police you have your state police you have corrections officers you dealt with a federal agent at the time that you or whoever it was you know so there's there's many... i still i yo, let me tell you right now i would still date you know some of these female cops be bad as shit man and that's what caught me that's what got me I, she just looks like i get it now how like women say they, they like a man in uniform right like yo she had she worked out too so her ass was fat like it was nice in the in the uniform, man. I was like, yo, I'm I'm like NWA. I'm fucking the police literally. You know what I'm saying? So that was just the shit. And then my boys, man, like my boys, they gassed me, right? Because they they used to be like, they they would get so geeked up when she would come to my job and shit. Um, because she would come to my job and bring me food and shit. She would drive her fucking car up right on the fucking base, right on the pier next to my submarine, and she would bring me dinner like every night. You know what I'm saying? But I would go home and she would abuse me. You know what I'm saying? So, yo, <laughs> listen, domestic violence is not funny at all. But it's funny in my case, though, man. But, um, yeah, man, that's what's up, man. Shout out to all the good cops out there. Y'all know who y'all are because I tell you guys all the time. You know what I'm saying? The bad cops, you know what you can do. But, listen, man, I, th I, think, I think that might be all the... Uh, the serious topics, man. I'm, I'm really happy we, we got those shits knocked out. And, you know, now it's time to talk about some other shit. You know what I'm saying? So let's just talk about some other shit. We will start with uh, America's sweetheart, uh, Demi Lovato. Uh, a lot of uh, you guys out there may know she's had her issues with 
you know, drug and alcohol abuse and she's in rehab. She's not, she's clean. She's not blah, 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 blah. Bunch of shit, right? So uh, Demi Novato recently said that she could have died weeks before her near fatal overdose because she was using a frightening list of hard drugs when she relapsed in 2018. She revealed that she ended six years of sobriety. She began experimenting with drugs she'd never tried before, including meth. And she mixed it with Molly, cocaine, marijuana, alcohol, and oxy. And that is all in one night. She says that alone should have killed me, but it didn't. And then Demi said weeks later, she was introduced to heroin when her dealer didn't have her usual Coke and Xanax cocktail. Eventually, she said she was physically dependent on the drugs while also abusing alcohol and hiding it from people around her. All right. Um, I, I don't want to sound like um, insensitive, right? Uh, alcoholism is a disease. Um, drug addiction is a disease. I have a lot of empathy for normal folks that are uh, that have succumbed to alcohol and drug addiction that have, you know, recovered, right? I don't have any sympathy for anybody that makes over $100,000 that's hooked on anything. Y'all some fucking crackheads, right? Fuck it. I'm gonna say it. Demi Lovato, you're a crackhead. Why? Because you told me you did crack. You told me you did meth, right? You know it's wrong. You know it's bad. You, you're mixing meth with molly and cocaine and marijuana, alcohol and oxy, right? More than once. And you want me to be empathetic to your situation. Like you can't afford rehab, the good rehab, the sleepaway camp rehab, and have handlers around you that know what you're doing. These people knew what you were doing. They just didn't care because it wasn't affecting the money that you were bringing in. That's just shitty management and then having the wrong people around you. Listen. I got folks around me, right, that would never let me do any of that shit, right? If I were to try to do cocaine around some of my friends, they would fucking physically beat the shit out of me. It wouldn't just be, hey, don't do that, Meech. No, it would be a fucking boot to the face because they, they would say, yo, you're wildin'. Or they just would not hang out with me anymore. You know, like that, e even now, like even now, like my friends that, uh, like my friends that don't smoke weed, that know that I smoke weed, they think I'm like on crack. They're, they're like, yo, man, you gotta, like, weed is bad. You shouldn't do weed, man. I'm like, yo, listen, weed is from the earth, baby. You know, that's all I'm gonna do. But like, even my friends that don't smoke weed, they're like, yo, listen, like, may, like, and I haven't smoked in a month, right? And they're, and they're like, yo, like, you shouldn't, like, you shouldn't, uh, like, or, or even if you do it, don't advertise it. Like, they're, they're on my ass. That's because I got people around me that actually fucking care. You know what I'm saying? So excuse me if I don't sound uh, as empathetic as I normally do. Drug addiction and alcohol abuse. Alcohol addiction is a real thing. You have kids that are born with fetal alcohol, system, fetal alcohol syndrome where they're born addicted to drugs, right? And I, I, that, that touches my heart. That hurts me, man. But if you make over $100,000 and you're a crackhead, you can afford to be a crackhead. You're a crackhead. I, I can't be. I, I'm sorry, man. Listen, fuck it, man. You're a crackhead, dog. That's that's just it. I'm gonna catch shit for it. But if you make over 100k, I don't feel sorry for you if you're hooked on drugs. That's just me. <laughs> anyone, anyone, feel free to fire away to get me the fuck out of this shit, man. Well, bro, I kind of I kind of have to disagree with you a little bit because I don't think money. I think what you're doing is you're equating to money to to essentially happiness. So, for example, like somebody that's an addict. I, that's I am. I am. I am. 100%. But I know my opinion is wrong. 
No, no, I know. Like, but, but what happens is when you have money, it's is you have more access to things that so you're going to have access to to more drugs. You have access to more people that become yes men because you are the person that's giving them a check or giving them a livelihood. So, for example, like Demi Lovato, she's a singer. She's successful. I guarantee she's probably got 30 to 50 people that are under her. that Their careers are vested in her. So if they say, oh, well, Demi don't do this or I'm going to tell on her, that's one person that's off the team that can't feed their family. So she's around nothing but enablers that allow her to continue like a vicious cycle. You know, so I, I actually, you know what, I'm empathetic of anybody that's an addict. I've never, like, I've drank a little bit. Obviously, I smoked when I was a kid. You, you never, better come visit me at rehab when I go. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> you can't really get addicted to weed. I think that's like a, a mentally thing. But, you know, I, I don't know. I think I'm empathetic for anybody. I'm, I'm addicted to bad bitches. And female yeah, cops. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the fucking problem is. But, but I think you just think like, oh, well, she's rich and she's famous and you shouldn't have problems. Those are the people that have more problems, bro. Mm -hmm. Oh, God. Fucking moral Meacham over here, man. The moral police, bro. Uh, it's okay. I, you, I know I'm wrong. I know I'm being insensitive right now. And it's because she has money. And that's probably wrong. Julio, your thoughts? Yeah, you're wrong, Torian. Um, God, I you don't gotta fucking say it. I said I'm wrong. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know you're, 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 I I think I think um, again, and you know, addiction just in general is a disease. You know, um, and it doesn't just have to be uh, drugs. You know, people are addicted to food. You know, people are addicted to porn. People are addicted. You know, they're addicted to. There are certain things that there are certain things that chemically go off in people's head around yeah. certain addictions and it just turns them loose and when you put money and then when they have a a pretty much a a blank check to write to fix that vice you know um it, it can go real sideways if people don't particularly if they don't have self-control mm -hmm. okay if you have you know because you can have money have vices but also have self-control the minute the self-control goes out the window and it can go out of the window because of a chemical imbalance or you just don't have that control that you think you do, you know, it, it gets lost. And if you and if you're worth a hundred million dollars or you're worth a hundred thousand dollars, and you and and to what Jay was saying in terms of access, you have this access to um these different things, you know, then you're like, Well, I can get whatever I want. And so um it it's it's definitely a shame. I think where I kind of I guess where I'm not as empathetic is like, all right, it's another Hollywood person. Let's move on, you know. Yeah. And I'm and I'm talking in terms of us talking about it. Like, yeah, you know what I mean. It's like, okay, it's another one. All We've right, seen it a million times. All, all of those times. fucking Hillary Duff, fucking Lindsay Lohan, uh, Demi Lovato, fucking Drew Barrymore. Like the list goes on and on and on. Christina Applegate, all these Hollywood debutantes, along with. The fucking uh, men as well, you know what I'm saying? River Phoenix, you know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? Fucking uh, Charlie Sheen when he was a kid. Fucking, um, God damn, I think, what's the name? The dude that was in Lord of the Rings? Uh, Not a Sean Astin. Sean Astin. He, he did the drugs too. It was like a lot of the, a lot of the you know, child celebrities, you know, they're, they're on some shit. My, I, I feel like that's a Miley Cyrus. Yeah, her, Bieber, like all these kids. But then it's like well, Orlando, Orlando Brown from fucking mm -hmm. Nassau Rate. He's a fucking nut job. But uh, yeah, and it's just like, yo, Macaulay Culkin, man. Like, yo, it's it's like 
fuck. It's it's hard for me to be empathetic when you got it when you got ten million dollars, man. Hmm. I, I'm just like, yo, get get some get some vagina, dude. Or if you're a girl, get some <laughs> get some wiener, get some meat in your life. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> just, just, like, what the fuck you like drugs, bro? Like, in in truck, like you know, smoking weed is cool, right? But you know what also is cool? The love of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. <laughs> but no, but yeah, let me chill. Let me chill though, for real, man. Uh, wasn't it just like a good Friday? No, good Friday is this Friday. We just had uh what the fuck just happened on Sunday? I'm I'm all fucked up. Palm um, Sunday. Palm um, Sunday, yes, yes, yes. When the fuck is is Ash Wednesday tomorrow? Ash Wednesday. That happened already. That's in February. Dude, I don't fucking know, man. I'm sorry. I'm I'm not I'm not I'm not tracking with my Christianity right now, you know what I'm saying? So my bad. <laughs> but uh listen, um you just got vaccinated. You got vaccinated. Uh I'm the last dude left. I should be getting mine next week. Uh so the Miami Heat are doing something that's kind of uh it's kind of interesting, man. They are they have COVID detecting dogs. And now they are doing vaccination only seating. The Miami Heat announced last week that they will be offering vaccine only seating at the America Airlines Arena for those with proof of coronavirus vaccination starting April 1st. So the team made a statement. They said the Heat have allocated two sections in the lower level for fully vaccinated fans. These seats will be located in sections 117. That doesn't matter. And these positive seats will be separated by just one seat. Fully vaccinated fans will be admitted through a separate gate and require uh, to present a proof uh, of a Center for Disease Control Issue COVID-19 vaccination card showing their vaccine certification date at least 14 days prior to the date, along with the government ID. Um, the team noted that the international certificate of vaccinations will not be accepted. So you need the actual no shit card, right? And so we've seen uh, states say that they're going to open uh, back up. And if you get vaccinated, you don't got to wear a mask. You don't have to social distance. You can go into the theater and blah, 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 blah. All this great shit, right? Um, and now you have, because you're down in Florida right now, and, and Florida is wide the fuck open. Uh, the UFC is having events there with no restrictions at all uh, next month. And you have... Uh, sports teams playing down there now and having COVID vaccine, like, you know, vaccinations only seating. Um, and you have these anti-vaxxers and people that are against the that They think that this shit is a form of discrimination. Like if I have to wear a mask or if I have to present uh, an ID that says I'm vaccinated, they think that's like a form of uh, discrimination. My response to them is you've never been discriminated against. If you think that's a form of discrimination, mm -hmm. like imagine, you know, my grandmother having to go to a different school or use a different water fountain or my grandfather not being able to serve in certain companies in the army because he's an African-American, you know? And I'm like, you, if you think that's discrimination, you've never been discriminated against before. And you've never been, listen, shut the fuck up. All right. If you think that's discrimination, but I, I do like that because I don't want to sit next to a bunch of sickos. If you want to not get vaccinated and be fucking questionable, that's okay. Like you do you, over there in those shitty ass seats while well, I'm here in lower level trying to fucking stop the curve and you know I can enjoy the game bro like I don't want you cheering and yelling and getting your fucking spit on me and then I go home and fucking die because you didn't want to get vaccinated man that's just me uh your guys thoughts on COVID only seating and then just also uh the vaccine IDs that they're coming out with now we'll start with you who so I think that it's um it's an innovative um, uh, 
it's going to be interesting to see if people take this as an incentive to go get vaccinated. Um, I could tell you that even though I have had both of my shots and I'm out of the two week window, I still wear a mask. <laughs> so, uh, because I don't want to die. So, uh, <laughs> <you know? laughs> so it's almost the whole uh, suspenders and belt theory. Um, and when it comes to security, um, I think that we are, you know, I think the other thing that the NBA is trying to do is, is they want to try to get back to some normalcy, right? Uh, because they are a business, they are a big business and they need to make money. Yeah. Um, even though the reality of it is the way they make the most of their money is through, uh, the television rights yep. that they sell. Um, so it, I, I, while they're losing you know, revenue from the stadium, the bulk of their money comes from the TV rights deals that they do. Um, what I think that all of these places need to understand, and, and that goes for every, you know, all these, these, these types of businesses, we have another year easily of going through this because we decided not to be, uh, we decided not to really sacrifice yeah. Um, you know, uh, our ancestors knew how to stand. When I say our ancestors, I mean, the United States, our pre, you know, our grandmothers, great grandmothers, white, black, whoever knew the meaning of sacrifice, it, you know, during their pandemic that they had to deal with during World War One, during the 1920s, you know, uh, during the Great Depression, they knew what it meant. Hey, we need to sacrifice so that we can get through this and we can be a better society. The unfortunate part with us, and I, when I say us, I'm talking about the United States is, we did not do any of that. Yeah, we did quote unquote shut down, but we shut down by state and by the st different state mandates. Yeah. And um, because we didn't do the right thing, like a, a country like New Zealand, we are still seeing cases we are, you know, we, and I'm not, you know, and I got the vaccine, but I feel like they had to rush to get the vaccine, uh, you know, so, you know, it, it, you know, we could have been out of this a lot. We should have come out of this a lot greater than we have. And we have shown that while we are this, we are this superpower, we are fuck nuts. Yeah, it's 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 an it's an sense of entitlement that we have as Americans, a sense of entitlement and, and personal liberty and rights, and we feel that you know I, we have the Constitution, so I shouldn't have to wear a mask because it's yeah. infringing on my constitutional. Like it's just the the dumbass fucking reasons we come up with that shit, man. But um, and you hear every excuse in the book, man. Uh, Jay, your thoughts on this? Uh, I mean, I really don't know how to feel about it. I think it's a good thing that they're pushing forward, that they're trying to reopen in businesses and, uh, and you know, and, and you want to push towards vaccination. Like, you know, obviously I got vaccinated, so I'm pro-vaccination. But at the same time, so the only clarity that I wanted now is there, there's non-COVID vaccination seating too? Yes. And then, there okay, so, this, so basically the, the vaccination area is just going to be like almost less police. That's the whole gist of the. Yeah. So, uh, so instead of having like three seats in between you for the six feet distance, it's only it one. So yeah. So you can have the actual, you know, experience like, like a the, normal NBA experience. Yeah, okay. Man. So I, I think it's, I think it makes sense. I think and it's the good little, seats. Yeah. I think anybody that is, is obviously, you know, you're pro vaccination and you want to take a step towards normalcy and, and you're being, obviously you're being safe. I think it's harmless, but you, like I said, you are going to get people that are, that claim it's discriminatory, but you yeah. know, 
Once again, th those are the same people that make a health pandemic into uh, a political when it's mm, just yeah. really about health, you know? And that's, you know, you're always going to get that no matter what it is. America, unfortunately, is the land that we're too free, you know? Yeah. In, in some cases, yeah, man, I agree. Like, th this is like a lot of people's second COVID birthday. This is our second March uh, in this pandemic, you know, being locked down, things like that. And we, we know there was a time when we said this would go away in two weeks, you know. Uh, there was yeah. a time when we said we should just drink, you know, Windex or, or drink, you know, take hydrochloroquine tablets, things like that. The shit that you clean a fish tank out with, you know, and people listen to that dumb shit, but people won't listen to a fucking scientist that says, hey, wear a mask, you know what I'm saying? And protect your ass. Wear a mask, protect your ass, right? And they don't want to do that shit, man. It's like, it's like they don't care about getting you sick. It's like offensive. Like, I, I don't, I'm not sick. I don't need to wear a mask. Well, it's like, you, you may be sick and not know it. And you're going to get me sick. Like it, cause like mm -hmm. after being like in, you know, in Japan so many fucking times and it's just like, like, like wearing a mask for them is like us wearing a fucking baseball cap out here. It's just some normal shit, man. They, the, the shit's matched with their outfits and shit. It's like some swaggy shit. And it's like, fuck man. Like if, if, if we would have just marketed it right, you know, if we would have just marketed the shit right and, and push that, you know, simple, simple fucking ideology of like wearing a mask out of you know courtesy for other folks then you know we've definitely been out of this shit already man but you know all, all i know is uh once i get my vaccine motherfuckers better stand by you know what i'm saying you better stand stand fast and stand by bro like once i get my shot <laughs> once i get my shot i'm gonna go be a fucking thought once i get my shot i'm not using condoms anymore you know what I'm saying? Because I'm not scared of shit else. There, there's a cure for COVID. There's a cure for AIDS. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and, and there's a dating site for people with herpes. So I'm good. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I'm, I'm obviously joking, mom. That's the part where you turn the podcast off. But uh, listen, man, I, you know, I hope, you know, more people, uh, you know, just continue to be safe so we can start to get back to, you know, a sense of, like, I'm seeing kids playing t-ball now you know, and, and playing like sports and doing soccer and shit like that. And I'm like, you know what, man, it's we're starting to get back there, man. So I'm a little happy, man. But um, I think right now uh, we're, we're seeing like uh, a lot of people get caught in two waves uh, when it comes to shit in America. And one is quote unquote cancel culture. But then what is what I like to call is course correction culture, right? Mm -hmm. So we all know what cancel culture is. You, you make a mistake, you do something, something from your past comes up and the fucking mob comes on you and tries to fucking, you know, they try, they try to fuck you over or they try to get retribution for something that happened a long time ago during a time when that kind of shit might have been acceptable. Even though it was wrong, they're trying to get justice or vindication for it now. And the problem is that they're, they're trying to cancel shit that's like shit you can't cancel or like dead people or people who aren't relevant. And it's like, that's fucking useless. You're, 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 you're overusing your cancel coins. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's like, what you have now is uh, course correction, right? We've seen, we've seen it with Dr. Seuss, we saw it with Disney, uh, and now we're, we're seeing it with Jay Leno. So uh, Jay Leno used to be a uh, fucking host of the what, Tonight Show, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so Jay Leno, stand-up comedian. So last week he apologized for jokes he told over the course of his career that targeted Asian Americans. Uh, tar I'm sorry, targeted Asian Americans. Uh, so during a Zoom call with the leader of the activist group Media Action Network for Asian Americans, uh, Leno discussed his past jokes, which invoked multiple stereotypes about the Asian community and said that at a time he did not find them problematic. 
Uh, his quotes were, at the time, I did these jokes. I genuinely thought them to be harmless. Uh, he was making fun of our enemy, North Korea. And like most jokes, there was a ring of truth to him. And then Leno also reportedly admitted that in the past, he routinely brushed off criticism and backlash he received as a result of these jokes. And so at the time, there was a prevailing attitude that some group is always complaining about something, so don't worry about it. Whenever we received a complaint, there would either be two sides of the discussion. Either we need to deal with this or screw them and they can take a joke. Uh, too many times he sided with the latter, even when in his heart he knew it was wrong. All right. So he's saying he's so his statement was, I am issuing this apology. I do not consider this particular case to be another example of cancel culture, but a legitimate wrong that was done on his part. And so, you know, I want to say, you know what, Jay Leno, as a comedian, I'm not a comedian, but as with him as a comedian, you know, they're giving a little bit of leeway with that kind of shit. But I can appreciate him uh, trying to do some course correction. Right. He's, he's an old man. He doesn't have to do this shit. He's fucking rich as fuck already solidified in the pantheon of entertainment and television history. But you know what? Jay Leno has kids and he has grandkids and they're probably looking at him like, yo, grandpa, you were fucking racist saying this shit. And, you know, it's like his whole thing about the jokes being directed towards our enemy, North Korea. That's not your enemy, bro. You're not in the fucking military. So it's not your enemy. That's a very, very poor excuse. You know what I'm saying? They aren't your enemy. They're, they're my enemy because I was the one out fighting them, not you. So fuck you. Right. But I can still appreciate that you wanted to amend for some, like as a comedian, I, you know, I, I kind of, I get it. We give them a lot more leeway for that shit because we understand it's comedy. But the thing that stuck out is that people said it was wrong. And you heard the criticism and you knew it was wrong. And so that's where you got to make a, a choice to correct yourself in that moment or just let it play and go with that fucking uh, status quo. And that's what he did. But, I, you know, I'm glad to see him do that shit now because it's like, had he not done it, they might have came for him because they come for everybody, you know. But it's like with comedians, I, th I think, you know, I think comedians, because we know it's a joke. You know, we know it's a, an attempt to make humor of a situation that may not be humorous. You know what I'm saying? And so they, they get a little more leniency. So I'm not I'm not on the cancel Jay Leno train. Nah, he he did what he had to do. He's course correcting some of his shit. And then that's what he didn't have to say anything else. <laughs> you know, that's it. Uh, your thoughts. We'll start with you, Hood, on Jay Leno and just course correction culture versus cancel culture. So, you know. First of all, I don't find Jay Leno funny, but, um, you know, he's a comedian. I don't want to say he, quote, unquote, gets a pass, but he gets a pass. Like, I just was watching on TikTok the other day, like, 15 minutes of Don Rickles, who yeah. I find fucking hysterical. <laughs> and he did some shit with Asians with his eyes that he should not have been fucking doing. And I laughed. I laughed. You know, but I also laughed at a comedian that was that was that did a joke one time. He said, you know what the Puerto Rican Day Parade is? He said, that's the day I go back to the Bronx and steal my shit back. And so I laughed at that. And see, y'all laugh. I'm not upset that y'all laughed at it. Because it's funny. I, it's funny. It's funny. And, and I have a friend from college. Whenever I see her, because her and I went to comedy show together. She'll say to me, do you know what the Puerto Rican Day Parade is? And we both say it together because the joke is funny. It's a funny joke. That's what it is. It's a joke. And I think, you know, because I also, I don't listen to Howard Stern as much as I used to. Um, 
like when uh like he's, after he's calmed down even he's calmed oh down. he he's calmed down yeah. his is his is for a lot of different other reasons but you know i used to listen to him and he would talk about jay leno and with jay leno it's all about people liking him mm-hmm. and so this is more this is less about him course correcting and making sure almost to your point that the history books write his story accurate and yeah. what I would rather what I would rather see is someone, and since we're talking about Howard Stern, how it has been uh, a a a he didn't have to say it, course correction, he just did it right. Exactly. And so, and and even so, like even I remember because I, I I don't I don't have serious anymore because I find his show not I, I actually don't find it as funny anymore. <laughs> and so. Um, you know, he said, I'm not going to apologize for the stuff I did in the past, but, you know, and I'm paraphrasing, but I was in a fucked up place and I'm not there anymore. You know what I'm saying? And so there were things he might have said or did, you know, because they said he did blackface. He did apologize. He's not apologize. Definitely is not. He didn't apologize. That shit was funny, man. It was wrong, but it was funny. (laughs) He didn't lose subscribers. He hasn't lost his money. He didn't lose anything in the deal. But what he did was he says, I am, I'm, I'm moving in a, in a different manner and I'm showing it with actions as opposed to making some, some generic ass Hollywood statement that people make, you know, I know my actions offended you and I'm going to continue to blah, 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 bullshit, 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 you know? But then on the other side of it, my man, who I think is by far the greatest comedian now is Dave Chappelle. He's like, fuck y'all. These are my yeah. jokes. This is what I get paid for. And if you don't like it, you can eat a big fat dick. You know? Jay, your thoughts. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I'm not really, like, I, like, I agree with, uh, with, with who, like, I don't really find uh, Jay Leto funny. Like, I, I, what was he, Tonight Show? He had some yeah. TV show? Yeah. Like, I don't even he, got, he has a up. bunch of cars. He made a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. I, I know more so for the cars than anything, but my, my main concern is, like, uh, like Martin Lawrence did Shanae and it's picking a black ghetto black girl that we all loved and laughed at, but there's no expectation for Martin Lawrence to get up and apologize because he made fun of black people, you know? Nobody cares. So at the same time, it's like, I almost feel like art should be, because it's a form of art that should be, and it's, and it's comedy, it's so almost should be treated the same as a movie. Sylvester Stallone was Rocky, the tiniest white guy that was the heavyweight champion that won. Where do you course correct that and tell the truth that that would never happen? It's never going to happen because he's going to be our savior, and it's the best. It's it's applauded as the best. That's the Italian style. I'm not I'm not going to fucking take any goddamn Sylvester Stallone, Rocky slander. That's my guy. No, no, but I'll give you an example. Like when I was a kid, I I loved him. I loved it. I loved Rocky, and it was like this triumphant victory until I became an adult that I realized I'm like you like that's that not shit possible. Is fake as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> So it's like there's no way you should have beat Thunderlips. <laughs> yes, there's no way you should beat Apollo Creed. There's no way he clever language kill that motherfucker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like sick. So it's like if you're not course correcting all this stuff that's like fabricated, like why should a comedian that's literally telling a joke have to be course corrected? Like I, I just I'm I'm just sick of the cancel culture in general. I think it's toxic. I think it's unfortunate. I think things were so wrong for so long that this is like, it swings the opposite way. Yeah. I would just like everybody to just do the right thing and kind of be like, live normally. But it's like, I don't want to see somebody that made a mistake. Ah, uh, you just cut out, brother. Hey, who, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. 
We can't hear you, man. You just cut out, baby. Can you hear? We can't hear you. You just cut out. You know, let me know if you can hear me. Okay, yeah. we can hear you now. Okay, yeah, what I was saying is like, I don't think you, like if you have to look 20 years for something from somebody in the past to dig something up on them, obviously they're not the same person because you should be able to look a year or two yeah. years to find mm -hmm. that about them. That means this person, odds are they may have changed because people do change, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I, I just don't agree with it because I'm like, if you dig 20 years in my past, you'll find a lot of shit that I'm ashamed of that I'm not proud of and I'm none of those things today, you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly, exactly. And, uh, you know, to kind of capture what you both said is like the only apology we want to see is change behavior. That's mm -hmm. it. It's like, you know, like that's why when people offend me and they apologize, I tell them I do not accept your apology. Like don't apologize ever. The only apology I accept is change behavior. So if you want to show me that you sincerely felt bad about what you did or how you offended me, just change your behavior, man. That's it. Cause, cause words mean nothing. It's all about actions. I, I can say, Hey, I'm never like, I've never assaulted a woman, anything like that. But you know, if, if I did some shit like that, I can go and say, Oh my God, I'm sorry. And I got my new girl. I'm just beating the shit out of her and put her in fucking 32 headlocks a day. Right. But no, mm -hmm. I, that's this change behavior. And so like how we've seen Howard Stern, how he evolved, you know, even Dave Chappelle, he, he changed, he evolved Martin Lawrence, Eddie Murphy, they all changed this Kevin Hart. Right. You just change, you can still make jokes or you can just do what the fuck you were doing like Dave Chappelle and motherfuckers will still come to see you. They will still laugh. They will still pay money because with entertainment, we give you a little more leniency. We give you more creative freedom because it is art. And you're it, when you're a true artist, you're a true comedian. A joke isn't just for laughs. A joke is for a point. It's for a reason. You're trying to teach through comedy. You know, you're trying to. Mm -hmm give us an experience trying to share something with us right even if you go back and you said martin lawrence you know when martin lawrence if you've ever uh, i think it was on you so crazy when he was talking about his uh his friend and they were like swimming his kids and he was like he was like oh you with the little red shorts <laughs> but that's some real shit that's like a real thing that's a real conversation starter because if you've ever had a friend that was you know gay you didn't know about it that shit might have happened you know, and that's a real conversation that men, you know, can have about, hey, like, how do you deal if you got a friend that you find out is gay? Are, are you allowed to be friends with them now? Do you got to change how you are around them? You know, like, I, I just had a conversation with my boys uh, down in Atlanta, and he was like one of his classmates, you know, he used to hang out with him, he was gay, and he used to hook him up with like girls and shit, and everything was cool until the motherfucker tried something. And I'm like, yo, um, I'm surprised you didn't fucking murder him knowing how you were but how he is now he wouldn't do that right and it's like and it was just like what do you do you know what i'm saying and it's just like you know with that situation that's how to like you know what do you do man what do you do but that's a whole conversation that can be had and that's the that's the point of comedy is, is to teach you to get you to think about things to start these conversations man so all the comedians out there i don't need you to censor your jokes you can make all the fuck, I love race jokes. Just make sure they're funny, man. You know, mm -hmm. like even, you know, like I'm not saying make sexual assault jokes. However, if you're trying to teach something through the use of that comedy, how like we used to do things that were inappropriate. Like, you know, when I talked about dancing <clears throat> with girls without their consent, you know what I'm saying? You can tell a story through humor to 
make it known that that's not appropriate anymore. You know, and, and if, if you're doing that, man, I got no problem, bro. Like, just don't, like, don't, just don't tell like a bunch of dead baby jokes or a bunch of rape jokes, you know, because that's just not funny, right? But if you're talking about prison rape, then that is funny. I'm sorry. <laughs> motherfuckers <laughs> getting raped in prison is funny because you kind of put yourself there except for you're innocent right but it's like yo listen man you know just beware the booty warrior that's it man you know what i'm saying you can do it the easy way <laughs> or you can do it the hard way that's it man but um you know shout out to jay leno i'm proud of you even though no one likes your comedy but um what i do want to do is uh since we're talking about censoring uh I, jay did you watch wrestling growing up uh, a little bit like, I'm old you. school. I'm, I'm like a junkyard dog, like super duper old school. Like, oh, you know, so back when wrestling thing. was cool and it was racist. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, yeah, I know me, I, I grew up cool. We were some I'm fucking fanatics. We were some goddamn fanatics, right? And I yeah. love wrestling. I still secretly watch wrestling to this day, right? I, I don't watch the whole episode. I watch the clips. That's it, right? I watch, I watch clips of the shit. Um, but wrestling back in the day was racist as fuck, right? And so what happened is, is that uh, the Peacock Network, uh, NBC Universal's new streaming service, uh, they bought the rights to the American rights to the WWE Network. So they're going off the air. Uh, the WWE Network was a streaming service that just showed all wrestling all the time, all the archives, right? They're going on and out. They're going off the air in America, April 1st. And the Peacock Network bought them. They have the entire library. And so what's been happening is, is that uh, some wrestling fans were unhappy with NBC for removing a few segments from the WWE's past that were objectively in poor taste. Uh, viewers have noticed that a version of WrestleMania 6 on Peacock no longer includes an interview and match where one side of Rowdy Roddy Piper was painted black. Uh, in another short clip, the WWE chairman and CEO Vince McMahon's on-screen character used a racist term. He used the N-word. He said, nigga, to John Cena. He said, what's up, my nigga? And that was that Survivor Series. This is all from the Attitude Era in the 90s, which made pro wrestling the greatest. And it had plenty of questionable segments, uh, not only with racist shit, also with hella sexist shit, shout out to Jerry Lawler because when there was a bra and titties match, or I'm sorry, a bra and panties match, you knew he was going to make a comment about the puppies. The puppy. I was waiting for that. I was a little horny little 12-year-old. Like, yo, Deborah McMichael, pull them titties out, baby. I want to see. That was, I wasn't getting no trim. So I was only going to see titties and ass on wrestling. Bro, like, didn't like... I want to say Triple H or one of these guys have like a whole Val Venus, a whole segment where they were like smashing a chick in bed on the stage. Like that was the, that, that was when let's make wrestling great again. That wrestling was so fucking crazy, man. Like Jesus Christ. But I mean, you had like what, um, Akeem who used to be one man gang was a white guy who just decided to become a black a stereotype of a black guy. But then you mentioned junkyard dog, super racist character, uh, special delivery Jones, uh, soul man, Rocky Johnson, all the come like Kamala, like all these fucking racial stereotypes, Coco beware. Like you just couldn't have a black dude be like, cool. Except, except for like Butch Reed, like WCW actually let black folks just rock. Like Ron Simmons got to be, he was a fucking college superstar athlete and he came to WCW and got to be Ron Simmons, not some fucking goofball. But just look at how they did the rock. They had rock running around like some fucking hula dancer as Rocky Maivia. And it's like, yo, the rock is, first of all, the rock is black and Hawaiian or black and Samoan. But if you look at how he grew up, he grew up very in touch with all that shit. And they had him as like some fucking coconut throwing ass motherfucker, yo. Like they had him goofy as hell, you know. And it's just good. 
I'm fine with, with NBC uh, editing this shit, uh, not because I think that it needs to be edited, but when you sell your fucking rights to your product to someone else, they can do whatever they want with it. So if you have a problem with the WWE shit being edited on Peacock, all you got to do is go on YouTube and watch it. That's it. Or get a VPN and you can still watch the WWE Network uncensored from Canada or overseas, man. Or just get a fucking a damn fire stick, bro. And then you can watch you can watch all the racist shit that you want. You know what I'm saying? Long as they don't long listen, as long as they don't take out the nation of domination. If you motherfuckers censor that shit, that's when you will see me out with the rest of these motherfuckers protesting NBC. Because the nation of domination was the wildest shit ever. They had the nation of Islam basically in the WWF trying to take this bitch over. That shit was hilarious, man. We'll start with who, man. Your thoughts on wrestling being censored by NBC Universal? So you know, you're talking to someone who's watched wrestling. Uh, one of my great, my, you know, the only, the only, the greatest moment I ever had with my birth father was he took me to see WrestleMania three closed circuit television. And so, you know, I, I, I've seen it from then and I don't watch it as much as I do now, but. That's what fucking Hulk Hogan slammed out of the giant, right? It was WrestleMania three. Yep. And so, um, wrestling has been nothing but a stereotype since its inception. Yeah. And, <laughs> That's and, why it's and, and, and it's, and it, and it goes back where they would say, um, and I'll use the New York territory when they were in the territory system, it was, I need an Irishman. Mm -hmm. I need a, I need a, uh, I need a, um, you know, uh, a, a, Pol a Polish guy. I need, you know, all these ethnicities, particularly in the New York city area, because they wanted to make sure they catered to yeah. their fan base. Um, where it got really crazy was when Vince Jr. took over and it was, I need, you know, like, and I'll use Tony Atlas as an example. Tony Atlas, just as a big African-American man, he was a tag team partner with, you know, uh, Soul Man Rocky Johnson. Uh, uh, Vince Jr., what they call repackages him as Saba Simba. Yeah. Which was, and, and literally, uh, my man, uh, Jesse Ventura says, Saba Simba, Saba Simba my ass. That's Tony Atlas. <laughs> <laughs> that it was... It, and 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 it was he had him dressed up in African garb, you know. He did the same thing to fucking Ron Simmons. He made him Farouk. Made him Farouk Assad. I remember that, you know. So he has done these things, you know. And one of the reasons why I used to have the WWE Network, and I had it more so to relive my childhood and watch. Like I can watch um, Flair Steamboat, the trilogy, yeah. like forever. So I would always watch that. And again, I can watch it on YouTube if I really want to. So I got rid of it when Linda McMahon became um the sba for trump and i was like you know i really need to get out of this and i also think that you know what people don't realize is trump um one of the reasons another reason why he won was he tapped into you know that yep. that fan base um because he was seen on the wwe um what you're seeing though and i'm going to end it on this note what you're seeing with the peacock is the long term play of where NBC Universal will eventually buy the WWE because I was reading yeah. an article where they were saying right now they pay like some crazy ass number Torian for WWE Raw and NXT um, and that when the contract is up it's going to cost like some really obscene number for the rights to the show and that it would just be easier just to buy the entire company Mm -hmm. And they would make their money back. 
Um, and I think that that's what the long play is, is for NBC Universal to do that. And if that's the case, um, the WWE we all once knew is going to be completely gone. I, th I think it, it was headed that way anyway. Um, and, um, you know, I, I, you know, I like the Wild Samoans. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you know, I know I liked Yokozuna. I think he was one of the greatest big men to ever do. He that. wasn't even uh, Japanese. He's not even Asian. <laughs> <laughs> he was Samoan. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, they were playing characters. They were playing roles. You know, there are a lot of things that the WWE did during the Attitude Era that was very raunchy and pushy, but that was the Jerry Springer, yeah. Howard Stern era of society. And that's where we were. You know, and so, you know, I just, I think, I just think the Peacock needs to understand. The problem is they've been bought by a conglomerate and this is now what they're going to, this is what they're going to do with it. So. Your thoughts on, on the uh, censoring of some wrestling and just, or, or, you know what, because the Peacock network, they own, they own the office and they also censored some episodes of the office as well, because Stupid. I don't know if you want Listen, you can still watch the uncensored episodes. Um, they're out there still. They're, they're still on TV. So like whatever, like, so the ones that are syndicated, they, they, they didn't get changed. But um, yeah, the, the, you know, the Peacock Network edited some of the uh, office <clears throat> episodes or just deleted them completely because, it, you know, the office uh, represented a real workplace. And that shit was crazy. They had some segments on there that are still funny, but it's like, yo, you could not do that on television right now, man. So Jay, your, your thoughts on uh, on just editing TV after the fact? I mean, I don't. I look once again. It goes. It falls back to the course correction. Like I, I, I don't really love it. You know what I mean, I kind of feel like it, 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 it happened during a place and time. And it's from what I remember of wrestling when I was a kid, I loved it because it was a soap opera, because it was a yeah. fictitious, because it plays into all those different roles, I enjoyed it. It seems like when I got a little older and it got away from all that wild and craziness, that's when I lost the love for it, you know what I mean? And it's, I don't know, I, I feel like it, it doesn't necessarily fix anything, you know? I feel like it just, my thing, it's like, what does it do? What does it, it, it doesn't it doesn't harm anybody nor hurt anybody, like, I don't know. I think it's, it's fictional. Yeah. I think maybe feel it's real maybe that's the problem that they want to course correct it but it's fake it's tv yeah i mean the only thing i can really say like why they would do that now is because wrestling is marketed towards or it was marketed towards kids uh in the same way that you know they were at a disney movie or something like that nbc has been very aggressive with like how they've been uh, acquiring these various ips and then change them to fit the the mold that they want for their network to you know be and it's like if they're you know uh uh a network that's trying to seem more liberal, then that's what they're going to do, you know, because it's like, because I mean, uh, the TV show community has been, has fallen victim to this, uh, the office and then now WWE. But the, the one thing I will say about wrestling now, um, and Vince is still horrible, still fucking horrible, but with Triple H, he's had um, uh, Kofi Kingston as a champion. Um, Bobby fucking Lashley is a champ now. And he's been in the business forever. Him and Kofi Kingston, right? And they they got the belt. You got uh, Sasha Banks and uh, Bianca Blair headlining WrestleMania, two black women headlining WrestleMania, right? So Triple H has been doing 
uh, a lot of shit with the brand now. And and you, I mean, you had a, 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 a Asuka, a, a Casa, Asuka, Asuka. That's my girl. You've had her, uh, uh, Asuka. 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 Yeah, you had Asuka. her. And so you've had all these, you know, various uh, champions from, you know, different backgrounds, things like that, because he, they, they, they see that we watch this shit. You know, you got, it's not just, you know, little white kids, it's little black kids, little, little brown girls, Asian kids here, left, right, you know, everywhere that, and they want to see people that look like them, uh, you know, doing these things, you know, even, I mean, Eddie, I remember, I remember when Eddie Guerrero got the strap, bro. That was, I was surprised. I, I was like, y'all let Eddie get that shit? <laughs> and he was super stereotypical. You know what I'm saying? That was my man, recipe, Eddie Guerrero, you know, but he got the strap and I was like, yo, this shit. It's, it's changing, you know, it's changing, but, um, shit, man, we still got a couple of things to go, man. I'm going to skip the bullshit about the national recording industry, putting music in the fucking library of Congress. That's great. They put Nas's, uh, Illmatic in there. It's a classic album. It should get a fucking Pulitzer Prize. Um, but I'm gonna skip that. I'm gonna go on to, uh, my favorite content creator, Issa Rae. All right. Um, Issa Rae has just extended her contract with Warner Media, accepting a five-year overall deal. The eight-figure deal is exclusive to Warner Media Television, including HBO, HBO Max, and uh, Warner Brothers Television, and a first-look deal with Warner Brothers Pictures, uh, New Line, and HBO Max for feature films. And so now her media firm, Hooray, will work on all these ventures. Um, and I'm not going to get into the money, right, because it's a big check. Uh, what I want to say about this is that, uh, Issa Rae, I remember when Issa Rae was just on YouTube, you know what I'm saying? And she was just awkward black girl and had her friends doing skits with her and, and everybody that she came up with and that she wrote with and made this content with, she's employed or put them in a position to do these great things, man. It's like, um, like Thug Yoda, who, you know, who, who's, you know, Christian, I'm going to say Christian Wertinger, who plays like the, the dude that doesn't say the fucking B words on Insecure. He was in her very first skits, you know, like all, like all these people were here from the beginning. And now to see her inking these, you know, fucking super million dollar, you know, $50 million fucking deals with these networks and seeing she started off on YouTube, it's just, it's just, it's amazing to see. And then to see a black woman like that, making stories that actually tell the black experience where it's not some bullshit Tyler Perry. No disrespect to Tyler Perry, but this motherfucker loves making the dark-skinned man the bad guy in every fucking thing that he does, right? Um, and it's always some abused woman type shit, right? Um, or Shonda Rhimes. I don't watch any of her shit because if you've watched Scandal, first off, Kerry uh, Washington just gets fucked by mad white dudes in that show. Right, the black dude she was with, they embarrassed the. They just make him a fucking sucker. All the black dudes in Scandal are fucking suckers, and all she gets piped down by the president, piped down by some fucking CIA FBI agent, piped down by a bunch of other white guys, and he just dogs out all the black dudes on the show. Right, how to get fucking how to get away with murder, Viola Davis. Right, who she with in that show? A white dude. Right. Piping down white dudes the whole show, doing just doing wild shit, right? All the black characters are some fucking wingdings in there, right? And so I, I'm I'm glad to see Issa Rae making content showing black people in their natural element doing black shit and black ass fucking Compton, black ass Inglewood, you know, being successful doing things, man, and going through the fucking issues that we go through and not downgrading or, or disrespecting our culture to appease, you know, white audiences, man. Cause the, the majority of, of Tyler Perry's fans are white. 
And the majority of fucking Shonda Rhimes fans are white. You know, and Issa Rae came up through us. You know what I'm saying? She didn't come up writing for ER like Shonda Rhimes. She didn't come up making fucking plays, you know, like fucking uh, Tyler Perry. She came up grinding off of fucking YouTube, making shit for black people. And we brought that shit up and black Twitter made it even bigger. And then everybody else came, but she hasn't changed the stories. It's still our shit. You know, so I'm just happy to see her doing her thing, man. Uh, you guys' thoughts on Nisa Ray? We'll go with you, Jay. I, I, I'm, I'm amazed by it. I love to see it because I think what she's doing is she's showing that the Black story is, is bankable. And I think for so long, like, Hollywood is scared to take a chance on uh, a Black movie unless I'm doing a drive-by or unless I'm selling drugs or playing a rapper because they think that that's the only thing that's bankable. And the reality they, is... They kill Little Saint. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the reality is, like, that's 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 so far from the black experience that exactly. what she's doing is she's normalizing it. So then people see like, oh, black people are normal. They're just like me. She's almost like, uh, you know, when Bill Cosby was great, she's she's given the Cosby co uh, show element mm -hmm. to her shows where people love those families and they can identify with them. So I applaud her, get the bag, get it all. Take it all and keep going. What's your thoughts, man, Issa Rae? I think it's a it's a remarkable story, you know. Um, I think it's um, I think she could end up being this new generation's what Tyler Perry was, you know, or is yeah. I guess to an extent. I mean, you know, um, you know, it, it's still remarkable what he was able to do from you know pretty much running his plays on like the chitlin circuit mm -hmm. you know I, I use that you know what it was that's what it was and he's able yeah and he was able to grow it into this you know it's just a shame that his stuff is just it's very recycled and it's the same bullshit isa what we've seen is uh like when i watch insecure i say to myself you know that was me in my 20s you know like that was in my early 20s late 20s you know the way i see some of the stories play out um, um, I think that it's a great show. I wasn't a fan of it at first because I really didn't like her in the beginning. I used to watch it more. <laughs> Nobody <for> did. <laughs> I, I used to watch it more for Molly, you know, and um, Amanda Seal. You know, those mm -hmm. were the two that I kind of liked on it. Um, and then I actually like Natasha. The the, the oh, other, she's funny. Yeah, she, Natasha Raffalo. She's yeah. fucking hilarious. And so, um. You know, and she's been doing some other projects. I, you know, I didn't get a chance to see it, but it just was rated really well. There was a movie she was in with an Indian guy. Oh, yeah, with, with, with Camille. I think date his name is Camille Kamal. Night or something that like shit that. was funny as hell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, yeah, yeah. yeah. She, that I, was I hilarious, man. I got to see that. Um, you know, I did watch a little with my wife. She really liked that. Yeah. You know, the um, photograph, she was good in that. The photograph, I heard she was good in that. I fucking so, cried at that movie, man. She yeah, did a real good so, job in that movie. I, I think that the good part about this is, is that more Black people are going to be employed, right? She is someone who is for the African-American community, and she wants to make sure that she's bringing... And I don't think she's just going to be bringing in African-Americans just to be bringing them in. I think she's going to bring in quality people who have been overlooked mm -hmm. in jobs that they should have gotten. And now she has a seat. You know how we always talk about we, we want a seat at the table? Yeah. Lisa is now that seat at the table for Warner Brothers, and yeah. they need that. You know, she is relevant. It's unfortunate because that's what corporations tend to do. They, I don't want to say they pluck, plucked her out of obscurity, but they realized that she 
understands what's going on in this world right now. She she can, you know, she she has a pulse on entertainment. Let's leverage this. Issa now has to say to herself, okay, I have this. How can I really leverage this to do even greater things? She needs to be looking at herself. Can she leverage where she can get some African-Americans that are, you know, division presidents? You know, can she use her voice to do that? That is that would take it to the next level. When I'm talking about division presidents, I mean, you know, say, hey, where are the black executives here at Warner mm-hmm. Brothers? You know, that kind of conversation needs to be had. And she has that ability now because they are listening to her. And that's something that we all have to understand as people of color is that when we do get in a position of power, we need to also question those that are around us and say, well, why aren't there more like me sitting here at this table? Yeah. And I think Issa is going to do that. Yeah, that's what's up, man. Shout out to Issa Rae, man. Shout out to all black women. Also, let me shout out to, uh, I'm not going to say she's an honorary black woman, but hey, man, she she might she might get a seat at the barbecue, man. Kim Kardashian, right? So she's been doing a bunch of great things, you know, from uh, police reform and prison reform to, you know, getting all types of people uh, out of jail and their sentences commuted, things like that. But some details came out about uh, what drove the final nail in the coffin uh, with her divorce from Kanye West. And according to reports, uh, Kim's finally opening up and she's saying that the uh, tweets that Kanye West did last year when he was trying to drum up interest for his uh, presidential run was when he insinuated that Kim and her mom were white supremacists. And now, uh, I don't know about you guys. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I don't know about you guys, right? But um, that sounds like a deal breaker, right? If if we're married and you go on, uh, you have, you know, 20 million, 30 million followers on social media, and you go on there and you accuse myself uh, and my mother of being white supremacists when you're actually hanging out with one and palling around, around with one, right? Um, and then you look at Kim's track record uh, for what she's done, and it's kind of been the opposite, you know, where, where she's done things that is, that, that is you know, put, uh, she's had some, some snafus and things like that where she may have coastally appropriated braids or kimonos. Like, she finds a way to do something like that, something small but annoying as fuck. But then you see her, you know, getting, you know, uh, I want to say Centonia Brown out of jail, you know, things like that. You see her getting... Uh ah, oh, the guy is this guy that just got that got convicted of a rape down in Kansas, a college uh, athlete, uh, student, and just got him a new trial. Like all this just good shit she's doing, and it's like, out of all people that you would think are, are white supremacists, she's probably the last one that comes to mind, especially when she has black children. Like she has children with a black man, she has black daughters, and she's raising them like aware of their blackness. And I see that coming from her and not really from Kanye, just, you know, my take on that. Um, so, yeah, man, I don't know if you guys saw this or not, man, but just to get your thoughts, man, on just, you know, Kanye and the divorce he's about to go through now. And then just with him calling his wife and her mom white supremacists. We'll start with you. Uh, so first, Kanye has a mental disease. Okay. Um, I don't. I take all of any or anything he does with a grain of salt. I think that the Kardashians, um, that whole clan 
has some kind of coke in their pussy or something like that. Um, it's been proven time and time they again. They got pussy perks. <laughs> something is in there that just turns these people, you know, and there's no excuse for what Kanye said. Um, and while I think what Kim has done is great, there is a part of me that she sits in a, there's a part of me that feels like she sits in a room with her her publicist team and says, what can I do that is going to make people like me more? So while she's doing these really great things, I always feel like her and that whole family are just very disingenuine. And if it's not about moving or building the Kardashian or Jenner brand, they're not really in it. You know, they're not truly, they're not truly philanthropical like they should be, you know? Um, and I think it's all about, a it's always going to be about calculated moves for them. Um, and that's just my personal feeling. I don't think, I don't think it's genuine. I think it's great that they're doing it, but I don't feel like it's a genuine thing. I think they sit in a room with a, with a marketing agency <laughs> or some kind of public relation agency and say, if we did this, what are what is how many more likes are we going to get or yeah. how many retweets could we possibly get that's how that's how it comes across what's, what, what's the metrics what's the what's metrics? the matrix exactly exactly jay your thoughts yeah, you're, I, you're you're a big kardashian fan actually i'm i'm totally not i'm, I'm more oh of a kanye God. fan even, even with its craziness but i, I kind of agree with a hoot i kind of feel like she started her career off of making a porno and then from every well, every allegedly, act, she didn't make that point on Ray J did. Shout out well, to Ray J to God. Well, you know, they put it out, and that's what that's her claim to fame. And then every aspect of her career, anything that she's done, is to just bring more notoriety to herself. So I almost feel like the same thing. Or, or I almost feel like this is just a ploy to make people sympathize with her or feel sorry for her because she's going through a divorce with Kanye West, the billionaire. So you know what I mean? Like, I don't, who knows if it's even true? You know. No, it is true. He tweeted it. He tweeted it on freaking. He tweeted. Oh, okay. It. Gotcha. Yeah, he I tweeted this shit when, when he he was going through his meltdowns and shit last uh, year, and you know cursing out Jay Z and shit and complaining. He went on Twitter and said, "That's when that's when he said that he he, he said that he wanted to get an abortion. Like he was yeah. like he did, like when Kim got pregnant, he didn't want to keep the baby. He wanted to get an abortion. But you know what? It it, it actually. It wouldn't shock me if they were, to be honest with you. Like, you know what I mean? From my actions, I would like to say that she's not. But I feel like there's so much more behind closed doors for the Kardashians that we don't know that it wouldn't shock me if there was some truth in that statement because he's lived amongst them. You know what I mean? So who has done more for the Black community, Kim Kardashian or Kanye West? I, I would like to say Kanye. He makes. What has he done for the, what, what has he done for the Black community besides make music? When does he ever come to the black community to provide a service that wasn't that didn't have a product attached to it? He's only conscious when he's trying to fucking sell sneakers. That's when he comes to you. But when 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 does Kanye come and say, "Hey, I'm going to build this community center. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to work on police reform or some kind of fucking social measure." You only see him being active and being an activist. Oh yeah, yeah. When he's trying to sell something, I agree. Uh, so 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 how so how is so. And this is like I'm I'm not trying to, you know, I just I just gotta take the, the opposite side because both of you motherfuckers, you both can't hate on Kim, all right? God damn. You know what I'm saying? But it's just like how is how are her actions any different than any other celebrity? 
Because then you, you could say, okay, well, Rihanna is only doing what she's doing because it's, it's going to make more people buy Fenty. You know what I'm saying? Like Beyonce is only doing what she's doing because it'll sell more records in the long run. You know? I don't, I don't agree with that. There are people, there are celebrities in this world who do for their communities and they've always done for their communities. I agree with that. And, and, and do they do they benefit from, does that benefit from them? But I believe that it's all calculated with the Kardashians. It's, they meet, it's calculated. Well, she, she, it's, she's the only one doing that though. The rest of the Kardashians that, aren't doing that shit. It's and that, only and that, her. And you gotta look, bro, she's been doing it for like 10 years now, 10, 15 I, years now. I just think I just I just find it to be very I don't know they're just fake people you know Torian I hate to say it they're <laughs> fake. They're yeah fake. I mean, everything yeah. about them is fake from their ass to their lips well, to their nose the, the butts are fake the breasts fake. are fake, fake. I, so, just, so is wrestling yes it is that's <laughs> fake too shit reality TV too. in general is fake yeah. Jesus Christ I, I just I, it's it's just hard when you hear you, it's hard to take her serious. Listen, I, just, I, I, I used to be the biggest Kim Kardashian. Like, there, there was no one that was a bigger Kim hater than me. Like, I was the biggest, biggest hater. And then I did a little bit of research, right, and looked into a lot of the shit that she's done with regards to the Armenian community, right? Because she's like, she's Armenian from her father, mm -hmm. right? And that's something that she's been heavily, heavily involved with from the moment she got a platform. And I'm like, oh, so she's been doing that kind of shit just with her people, but no one no one cares about the Armenian genocide, right? Let's just be honest. No one cares about that, right? We do because we're empathetic people, but like no one gives a fuck about that kind of shit. But then once she had black daughters, once she had a black kid, that's when like a fucking light switched on and she just got, she was like, I gotta, I gotta do something for my kids. Like, cause your kids are gonna look at you and say, hey, mommy, what did you do with your platform? Like you were rich, you were famous. What did you do with your platform? And and I, and I, I think it's like, you know, okay, I'm a celebrity. I've been a celebrity for X amount of time. I haven't used my platform for shit. And now I have black daughters. And regardless of if I raise them black or not, they're gonna look black, they're gonna be black. And people are gonna ask them, what did your parents do for the community? What did they do for the culture? And you got Kanye West as your dad, right? Who you would think would be somebody that would actually do things to lift the community. And it hasn't. It's been Kim. It's been her the one doing all doing all this shit. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, well, whether it's whether whether we question the 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 level of uh, you know how genuine it is, you know, the sincerity, it's still happening, man. Like it's still happening. And it's like, okay, if you look at her, if you look at her compared to what Rihanna has done for social justice, who's done more? And this is not a competition, right? But it's just like, yo, who's done more? Or if you look at her and Nas, who's done more? You know what I'm saying? You know, it's it may, may, may maybe once she got some black meter, she got a little bit of black meat in her, maybe she a little bit of she became a little bit black. You know, well, this is like the reality is it's the, always the person that doesn't look like you that's going to be able to do more for your community. That's mm -hmm. just correct. The way it is. Correct. The person correct. that looks like you. Correct. Like everybody hates Obama because they say they didn't do enough for black people. He would have never been able to. It's just it's, yeah. it's impossible. Mm -hmm. It's going to take uh, Joe Biden 
that yep. he's going to get these laws voted in because he could say, well, you know, I don't look like these people, so I'm not giving it to them. They deserve this. Yeah. You know? yeah. And, we, and we see that perfect example. Mm-hmm. We see that happening right now. I'm glad you brought that up. And, and that's, I guess that's what, what was, you know, because we can get to a conversation about being an ally, right? Like I, I get asked this question all the time uh, by white people, right? Like, how do I, how do I be an ally for the black community? Um, well, step one is you listen, right? Listen to what black and brown people have to say. I asked women that, right? When I didn't know how the fuck I could help them out. And I'm like, well, how the fuck do I become an ally to women? They're like, yo, just listen. Just when we tell you something, don't fucking discredit it or try to invalidate it or try to mansplain it, right? Just just listen. That's it. Just listen to what we are saying. And then you don't need to try to fix the problem. We'll tell you how to fix it. And you use your platform or your privilege to do that, right? So like with regards to women, they would say, hey, um, you're a guy that has like morals and standards and you don't conduct yourself like a fucking dickhead anymore, right? So just tell your friends do the same thing. Like you don't got to go march. You don't got to hold up a sign. You don't got to fucking go do all this weirdo shit. Just when you have friends that are cat calling girls, just say, yo, don't do that. You know what I'm saying? Or if you're in a bar and one of your friends is drunk, be like, hey, man, maybe you shouldn't hit on this girl right now because you're fucking drunk as shit. And I'm like, yo, that's it? Just holding people accountable? And so it's like, all right, well, that's that's okay. Maybe she's, she's just being an ally and just using her platform. And it's like, you know what? That's what's up. I can't be mad at that. But... um. My question is, is have you guys been asked how to be allies? Like ha- have people, you know, have white, cause right now, like we're being told how to be allies to the Asian community and some people don't like that. Right. But uh, just your experience in general with, with either having to learn how to become an ally or having to tell somebody uh, how to become an ally. Jay, you can start. Uh, well, I kind of feel like as a minority, your your whole life you've been an ally to people it's just it's something that's normal i feel like minorities were probably the most accepting of everybody so it's it's one of those things that i have friends that are latino i have friends that are asian i have friends that are white i think we're more empathetic to to anyone's plight than it's just because you go through so much so you can almost always relate you know it might like and even with the like the male female thing it took me a little bit but once a female explained it to me i was like okay i get it and you'd easily become an ally versus uh, it's, it's a little bit harder when you're, when you come from a place of privilege. I think as minorities, we don't always have that. So you, you're almost allies of everybody. Like I'm very yeah. empathetic of the gay community. I'm very empathetic for Asians. I'm empathetic for anybody, you know, people that are, are, are you know, not from this country and not citizens, anybody that goes through something, it's almost like a natural uh, instinct to be empathetic for them. You know what I mean? So yeah, it's like you're you're inherent you're inherently empathetic. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Who? Yeah, I I think you know Jay is hit it spot on, and I think you know one of the you know when we talk about African Americans, you know we still have to understand. Well, I have found that we need to understand that our sisters have it worse than us, right? I agree, hundred um, percent. And so I think that that's something that um, I've always found myself, um, you know, trying to push the needle. I mean, I was raised by a single mom. I was adopted by an African-American woman. I'm married to an African-American woman and my girls are 50% African-American. And so I think it's important that, you know, that they are pushed 
and when I say they, I mean African-American women in general, that they're pushed into the spotlight and that it's important that they understand that they do have true partners in the struggle and that we understand that their struggle is, while we have had a very hard struggle, um, their struggle is even harder because, you know, they're Black and they're women, you mm -hmm. know, um, where for us it's, we're Black, but we're men, you know, so, um, and I'm not talking about like the Me Too, I'm, I'm more, my comment is more directed in terms of under, letting people understand that they can be bosses, they can lead, they yeah. can be in these roles that they can change the world, you know, um, you know, like, that is huge, you know, the fact that we do have a female uh, person of color in the number two position in the United States is huge for this country. I didn't think it was going to happen. I'm going to be very honest with you because of the way we treated Hillary Clinton. And she was a white woman. Okay. Yeah. And so, you know, um, you know, but her, her, you know, what I said is crabs in a barrel, white women will do, will did her in, you know what I'm saying? When you look at the votes, that's what did her in. Um, but I felt like so, that has been one of the, is that why you're being such a bitch? <laughs> <laughs> Not listen, man. I, people didn't like Hillary because you know she was kind of a Hillary. Hillary, Hillary sold women out, bro. When Bill went through his shit, Hillary sold women out, and she didn't take the side of women. And then when it came time for her to run for you know her shit, she was like, "Oh, believe women." Blah, 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 blah. And they're like, "Yo, but you didn't believe him when it was your fucking husband, and he was guilty." You know, so that's her thing. I, 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 but if you look, look at history, right? Um, women of color, particularly black women, have always been at the forefront of every major political or social movement from women's suffrage, which they, which they didn't get anything out of. They're out there helping fucking Susan B. Anthony, you know, and, and, and all these fucking, you know, white women get the fucking opportunity to vote. And they, they still couldn't vote to the goddamn 60s. You know, mm -hmm. and so, and, and that's the thing. And, and I, you know what? You see a lot of black women talk, you know, very public, very public distancing themselves from the, you know, uh, fucking the, the, the new wave of feminism. Um, and, and they're distancing themselves from that and actually limiting how much uh, allyship they're giving to people because they've done it so long and haven't gotten the return. And the best example was during the 2016 election. You know, when you got black women at the polls, you know, brown women at the polls, and then you look at what their white counterparts who were just out there saying, we want equality, we want rights, and we want fucking respect. And they turn around and vote for somebody that says, hey, um, let's grab pussies, and I sleep with porn stars and pay them off, and I shoot every wife. And they're like, yo, like, you you know, you vote against your best interest, man. But um, I I'm glad to see black women women of color reclaiming their time you know to quote maxine waters um and listen i've said it before i'll say it again i don't trust men to run shit right now bro like i i do not trust men to do shit right now and the only reason why biden is able to do what he you know is able to function right now is because he has a shit ton of qualified women around him you know, and if you look at every major civilization, whether it's been black or brown, women have always had, they've, they've always had a prominent role in society, you know, whether it's been leading societies or uh, it's just been like the queen should never be powerless. 
You know what I'm saying? And, and you see like in black and brown, even Asian societies where they've ran entire fucking nations and that's very rare uh, compared to the European counterparts, man. So that's just me, man. You know, I'm, I'm not trying to be on some women's empowerment shit or some, I'm not trying to cape for them right now. I'm just saying, man, they know what the fuck they doing. They've been running households for a long time and we should probably just sit back and take notes, man. But um, if I see you in the club, that shit don't apply. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So that's it. I'm gonna still, I'm gonna still run up on you. You know what I mean? But um, yo, have you guys are you guys aware of this uh, little Nas X situation going on? Because there, there's two things, right? There's the the music video uh, with him making a song about a, a a guy he was in love with when he was a teenager, and you know what it did. Uh, but then the the big outrage is about the sneakers that he made to go along with the video that uh. It has a drop of human blood uh, in the air bubble and all these super conservatives are all up in arms because of uh, satanic and, and demonic stuff should not be marketed towards children. Um, you know, and, and, and at first I was like, ah, oh, maybe they're right for like five seconds. Right. And then I said, wait a minute, wait a fucking minute. Um, no, they're wrong. Right. Because first off, Lil Nas grew up, uh, Lil Nas X grew up in a, a very super religious Christian household where he was told that for being gay, he would burn in hell, right? So in his video, he's ascending to heaven and then slides down a pole all the way to hell and then proceeds to give the devil a lap dance, right? And I found that quite funny. Like he's, he's an artist, right? And so he's telling his story. So if he's going to burn in hell for being gay, He's like, yo, I'm gonna have some fun while I'm down here, right? He didn't twerk on Jesus. He twerked on the devil. Y'all don't like the devil. Like, what the fuck you mad about that for, right? And then, you know, with him allegedly having a, a, a drop of human blood as a part of the shoe design, it's like, yo, fam, grow the fuck up. Grow up, grow up. Because I'm like, you motherfuckers are complaining about this shit, yet you guys watch American Horror Story. You watch Charmed. You watch Lucifer. You watch The Devil's Advocate. You watch fucking, um, what's what's the shit that was with the vampires like butt fucking each other on HBO or some shit? True, True Blood. Blood. You know, you watch all this shit. You watch Twilight. You watch all this shit that you watch The Exorcist. Uh, motherfuckers watch Little Nicky. You have all these fucking uh, cartoons and shit marketed towards kids that have satanic and demonic properties right and i'm like yo you motherfuckers are complaining about a, a one drop of shoe and you're saying it's marketed towards kids but the shoe is a thousand dollars that's not marketed towards kids you know and, and they're complaining about this kid who's 20 he's 21 he's an adult 21 years old he's not a fucking kid he's a grown-up adult so he's allowed to make the music that he wants to make and if your 12 year old is listening to Lil Nas X that's your fault as a parent for not monitoring what the fuck they're listening to. And I'm just like, you know what? You know, we're, we're mad at him for doing that, but we don't have that same energy for artists out here talking about abusing drugs. We don't have the same smoke for artists uh, that abuse women in actual real life that have NBA young boy arrested again. Dude is like 18 with seven baby mamas, but, but we don't have any words for him. You know, it's, it's cool, you know? And, and then, you know, we have rappers that have had domestic violence charges chris brown you got this smoke for Lil Nas x and his little fucking drop of blood in the shoe but y'all quickly forgave chris brown you know like tory lanes is still doing tory lane shit and but y'all got all this smoke for the little gay kid because he's an easy target that's how i saw it because i'm like yo 
If you don't like the fucking shoes, don't buy the shoes. If you're a kid, you shouldn't have $1,000 fucking shoes. Only a shoe collector is going to buy the shoes. And there is actual shit that is marketed towards kids that has satanic and demonic properties. The fucking Ghostbusters, goddamn. You know, and it's like, but yo, but no one has a problem with that. I don't have a problem with that. If you're a parent, do what the fuck you want to do. I don't give a fuck what your kids look at. You know what I'm saying? That's your job, not mine. You know what I'm saying? And I, I just see it as we see him as a little fucking gay kid. So he's an easy target to fucking pick on for this shit. Because let me tell you what, motherfuckers ain't had that smoke for Chris Brown. They didn't have that smoke for Tory Lanez. They don't have that smoke for Future. You know, they don't have that smoke for NBA Youngboy. And right now with this shit we're seeing with Quavo and Saweetie, they do not have that smoke for Quavo. So just your thoughts. We'll talk about the Lil Nas X shit, and then we'll definitely get into the Quavo Sweetie shit. Who? Oh, okay. Um, so I just looked at the sneakers. They're actually, I like them. Um, That's the fucking problem. Lucius is ill. I wouldn't get yeah. them. I wouldn't I get them though because I'm would, not trying to I, go to hell. Well, a couple things. One, I wouldn't spend a thousand dollars on a pair of sneakers. Two, I don't like the little symbol, the little um, pentagram they, they have on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. The pagan symbol. I don't like them. But the, but besides that, it's a nice shoe. Do we really know if it's really a drop of blood in there or no, not? No, we don't. Exactly. And you know, the one thing that will bring, um, that is going to bring. Um, this world to an end that I always say, and it's brought other great empires is religion. Yep, and so exactly. when you bring religion into this, everybody goes crazy. Oh, the devil, God, and all this other kind of stuff. And then when you throw in the fact that he's a young, gay, black, he's got all these things now up against him. Young, gay, black, not Christ-like. <laughs> I mean, he, he, he's... They, they're like chomping at the bit to try to get to this kid and they need to leave him the fuck alone at the end of the day. You've it's got politicians bad... commenting on the shit, bro. Well, they're dumbasses, you know? I mean, it's a thousand dollar shoe. I wouldn't buy the shoe, but it's a nice looking shoe. I will say, I don't think it's a real drop of blood. I think it's a, it's a, you know, if you like the undertaker, you, you should have no problem with this. <laughs> exactly. The fucking undertaker, bro. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> Jay, your thoughts on this shoe, man? Well, it's it's kind of ironic because they the same company that this uh, that did this custom design actually yep. did a Jesus shoe with, with, with the holy water in it. Yeah. yeah, so they were white Air Max ninety sevens with the holy water, and they had actual water from like uh, a river in Israel. So wow. it's and nobody really got upset, nor did people care about the price and of the shoe. And that's sacrilegious because that uh -huh. is. That is idolatry. That's idolatry, baby. That's sacrilegious. Yeah, and it's just, and it's one of those things that you see Nike sent to cease and desist and did all these things. Whereas when they put out this other line that was done by the same people that customized this shoe, Nike does nothing because it actually ups the value and people want to get Amex 97s. Like it's, you know, like me, it's like, I'm not super religious. So it's like, at the end of the day, it's like, that, to me, if that's how he chooses to, to, um, almost tell a story it's it is what it is and i i could agree to disagree like I, i'm not gay so i'll never under the, the gay lifestyle but at the same time if he wants to share a piece of his world with people it's kudos to him man i can really kill us yeah let me tell you after watching that video you might be a little gay you know what i'm saying 
Because I watched, I, I actually watched the video. It was, it was actually, it's kind of turned me off. It was a little weird. <laughs> yeah, it's fucking wild. The devil's like weave, and I was like, all right. Yeah. But, <laughs> I really focused more so on the shoes. Yeah, because I knew the story of the shoes when they were the holy water with the cross on them. Nobody mm-hmm. cared, other than people from. It's literally country. Jesus is on a cross on your foot, yes. and no one had a problem. Nobody cared, and everybody ran out and spent a thousand bucks on them. Yeah, but now everybody cares because it's it's the contrary and you know and then, and the and pagan, then oh my it's God. like if you do your research where do you think santa claus comes from you know what i mean mm-hmm. exactly paganism 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 because then my other thing is right and i gotta go back to your boy kanye nobody had smoke when kanye was out here selling church socks and all that sunday service shit which is sacrilege it's sacrilegious yeah. you know yeah. and i'm like fam you, you can't serve two masters you'll, you'll grow to love one and learn to hate the other that's from the fucking bible baby you know and it's just like I, I just like how we pick and choose when to be religious and when to be holy and now and all pious and it's like yo fam y'all mad at these sneakers but y'all don't give a fuck about kanye y'all don't give a fuck about the air fucking jesus shoes and then you know, when you got a guy that you made president and he was backed by a bunch of fucking evangelicals, y'all didn't give a fuck about how he acted and claimed Christianity. Dude's never been to church before ever, but, you know, sure, he, sure, you know, that, that's just my take, man. And I think it's all funny. I think people are, like, people are more concerned with this than actual domestic violence. Like, like people are, com- like, politicians are commenting on this, but they're silent on gun reform. They're silent yeah. on the George Floyd case. They're, they're silent on uh, fucking police reform and prison reform and fucking uh, uh, goddamn immigration reform. But they got time to comment on little Nas X and his little fucking shoes. And, you know, more power to him. His, his song is number one on Spotify right now. So um, I, I can appreciate it, man. Because I'm like, yo, for him to go through what he, what, he, what he went through and come from, he's from like Valdosta, Georgia, man, super religious part of fucking Georgia. And they deal with all that shit. And bro, it's like the same motherfuckers commenting on this. They're, they're quiet about when it comes to uh, banning conversion therapy. You know what I'm saying? Like gay conversion therapy. They're fine with that, with sending kids to camps and beating the gay out of them, torturing them to be straight. But they got smoke for some fucking shoes. You know what I'm saying? That's just, you know, I... That kind of shit bothers me, you know what I'm saying? Because it's like, yo, there's so many other things to be concerned with besides whose cock is in whose mouth. Like, yo, let's talk about the climate. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, let's talk about fucking uh, goddamn poison water in Appalachia. Y'all got time for some fucking sneakers, but y'all don't got time to talk about the lead poison water in Appalachia making students and kids down there, white kids, white poor kids in rural Appalachia or rural Virginia, making them fucking autistic. You know what I'm saying? But they got time for sneakers, man. Um, have you guys seen the uh, Sweetie and Quavo video yet? I think I sent it to you guys. Uh, did you guys get a chance to check that out? Yeah, I actually watched it. It was, it was so, definitely kind of... So I've been taking a lot of heat, man. Uh, because I think Quavo fucked up. I don't think he should have put his hands on her or everybody, everybody is saying that, uh, quick cause they just broke up. Right. And so this video got leaked from the altercation that happened in 2020. And, uh, in the video, she's like, we, we see the elevator door opening and, and her swinging at Quavo. And then he grabs her, throws her or physically brings her in the elevator, puts her on the ground shove place i don't give a fuck right he physically grabs her drags her in the elevator puts her on the ground she's obviously in some kind of distress now um 
the thing that got me was what happened after the fact, right? With him, when he turned his back to her, when she's on the fucking ground in an elevator, and then the elevator door opens, right? There's a dude there. He's like, fuck, I don't want to face this shit. So he turns around, doesn't even look at her when she's on the ground, just takes the fucking his Call of Duty box and puts it in the corner and just stands there over top of her, doesn't show her any kind of empathy. And then he just fucking like stands in the elevator door like, yo, get, get the fuck up and get out, you know? And then she, you know, she eventually gets up, limps out and goes. Uh, that leads me to believe that's not, first, that's not the first time they got physical. Um, but I'm just like, yo, fam, you looked at the camera and knew you fucked up. You looked, you made eye contact with the camera. And then, um, yeah, man, you, you looked at the camera, bro. And it was at this moment that he knew he fucked up. That was when you knew. I'm surprised this video didn't come out sooner, you know, and everybody's like, oh, well, she swung first and, you know, blah, 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 blah. Motherfucker, you are a goddamn man. You are physically stronger than a woman. So unless she has a gun, a, a fucking taser, you know, or a knife or something like that, then yeah, defend yourself. She's a threat. My friend that's a cop is like, oh, well, she swung first. So she was the aggressor. Bro, that's the court of fucking law. You know what I'm saying? And it still doesn't matter because the cops came to that motherfucker's shit. They're going to grab him. You know what I'm saying? Because he's the man, right? But I'm like, yo, fam, you're a man. You're supposed to have, like, like men are supposed to be in control of their emotions, logical creatures. That is why we fucking lead because we can control things like that, right? And so if you're a millionaire, multimillionaire, big celebrity, right? And that shit happens, bro, all you got to do is say, hey, it's a fucking Call of Duty case, bro. There's cameras everywhere. Let me get the fuck out of here. All right. You can do your crazy shit. Do your crazy shit, bro. I'm going to get the fuck out of here because I'm not trying to lose my career. But then but that's not what happened. What happened was that he got emotional and then grabbed her, dragged her in the fucking elevator and then stood over her like some fucking goddamn dickhead. And then when he had to face the shame of somebody seeing what was going on, he turned around because he knew he was fucking wrong, you know? And that's just my thing, man. Like, I've been catching heat from it because guys have been saying, oh, he, she shouldn't have swung first. All right, let me tell you right now, bro. If you were to do that shit to my sister, regardless of whether she swung on you or not, with you being a man, you do that, I'm going to fight you. I don't give a fuck. And if I see you do some shit like that, you are a fucking sucker to me because you don't have enough self-control to just walk away. You can't just walk away. It's a fucking Xbox container. Who knows what's in it? Maybe it's some nude pictures. Maybe it's your cell phone. Maybe it's a box of dildos. Who fucking knows? Who cares, bro? <laughs> Just fucking walk away, bro. You got too much to lose. And now we're going to see this whole PR train try to fucking clean shit up. But it's like, bro, you knew you fucked up when you made eye contact with that camera and when you turned away from that other guy that was about to get on the elevator. That's when you knew you fucked up, man. So I... I don't have empathy for shit like that because I've been in that situation multiple times not with the same amount that he has to lose, but with a career to lose. And it was very easy for me to go into a fucking bathroom and climb out the window or call a neighbor to escort. I had the I, one time I had to call a neighbor to escort me out of the fucking apartment. So she couldn't attack me. And then she couldn't later say that I did some stare. I'm like, yo, listen, I need to come over, just knock on the door. I'm in the bathroom. Come get me out, baby. You know what I'm saying? And that's it. Like, yo, I'm pussy. W whatever. I'm pussy. But guess what? I'm not in fucking jail. I'm not a woman beater. You can never say I put hands on a woman because you got to have self-control, man. That's just me. Jay, we'll start with you. Your thoughts on Quavo and Sweetie and what the right answer is. 
Uh, I mean, I've seen a few elevator videos, and that was probably the, the on the lowest totem pole of elevator videos I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. Like, when I saw the, the uproar. You are cutting out, buddy. You're cutting out. We can't hear you. We can't hear you. Can you hear me, Julio? Yeah, I can. Okay, so yeah, you're you're cutting out. We can hear you uh, now. Let me know if you can hear me now. So what, hear I, you now. what I was saying is like, this was like the lowest uh, form of elevator video because I saw the Ray Rice video and I expected yes, way worse. so much more. I was thinking like, oh, Quavo probably knocked her out, did something wild and crazy. And I literally saw him kind of like push her to the side and throw her to the ground. And I was like, all right, th that's it. And then I saw the Jay-Z and Beyonce elevator video when he gets attacked and then he shows, you know, restraint and, and not like lashes back. So then, I don't know, it just seemed, like I kind of want to know what's in the bag, but it didn't seem like as bad as everybody made it out to, to seem. And I kind of felt like this will just, this will, this is only coming out because they broke up. This is going to go away. I don't think it's going to even affect his career, to be honest with you. Who, your thoughts? You know, I don't think it's going to affect his career, you know, because people are going to dissect the video, uh, you know, a million ways from Sunday, right? Uh, with the Ray Rice one, it was very clear cut what happened there. Uh, he knocked her the fuck out. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, in this video, there's going to be conversation about, oh, she swung. You know, was he telling her to come in the elevator? Did she trip on her foot as she was coming in? And, you know, it, it, it's, it's, Torian, it's wrong. Anytime you put your hands on a woman, it's wrong. Um, as someone who has witnessed domestic violence, that is not something that you want to see. Um, and it's it's not something that it should ever happen. Um, but because the video is so uh, not cut and dry, like the Ray Rice video, I think you're going to have a lot of people that are going to argue the fact that, oh, well, we didn't get the whole video. And, you know, as I looked at the video, I'm like, well, what the fuck was happening before the elevator door opened? Did he That's choke her the question. fuck out? Who knows? You know, I, who knows? Who knows? And I think because there's this quote unquote a a ambiguity to it that people are gonna get this guy a pass. And it's unfortunate because I think we all know, you know, obviously we're, um, you know, a lot of us are fi finding him guilty on the presumption that he's probably beat her ass in the past, um, you know, but again, I think he's gonna get a pass. I think because it's not cut and dry like the Ray Rice, but I think there are a lot of people who are like, hey, if you're going to get into that kind of altercation with a female, you know, um, you know, and I think Jay-Z has now become the standard uh, when he didn't knock the shit out of Solange, you yeah, know, because uh, somebody, <laughs> somebody, he should have got it, you know, just on it. But he, he did. He showed a lot of restraint. And, 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 you know, speaking of that video, I feel like people didn't give him a lot of credit. When no. that came out. No, no, they blamed think... him. They blamed him. They were like, what did you yeah. do that made yeah. her like, oh, well, you cheated on Beyonce. So that validated her attack. And you know, keep your fucking hands to your goddamn self. Yeah, that's it. Keep your hands to yourself. And, and, and my biggest issue is that I'm seeing people say, oh, well, that's, you know, young love or that's black love. No, the fuck is not. That's, no. that's, 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 that what that does is perpetuate a cycle of abuse and that normalizes abuse, you know, mm. because at no point did I say Quavo should go to jail. No, I don't think he should go to jail. Should Quavo lose his career? No. Should Quavo learn how to handle himself better and how to be an adult when you're dealing with a situation like that? Yes. Someone should have taught you that beforehand. 
You know what I'm saying? Like you should have learned that from the men in your life. However, mm. when you look at the men around him, you got Offset who's had his issues with Cardi B, right? Mm. Uh, Takeoff who just minds his business, but then his his label bosses, uh, I'm not saying shit about anybody at QC. I'm just going to say that they have, uh, both of them have issues with their baby mamas and spouses or ex-spouses and shit that are very public and abuse is something that has been alleged, you know, so I don't want no smoke with nobody. I'm only talking about what's in the fucking court and what's public uh, knowledge right now, which is, which is, which is, y'all shit is public, bro. So then that's it, man. And then it's like, like who are your OGs that don't teach you how to fucking handle women, bro? Like they, they are going to do shit like that. Like, uh, bro, just fucking walk away, man. Dip. Like someone's always watching, man. I don't think you should go to jail. Fuck no. Should lose his career? Nah. Should he fucking learn? Like, but you got to learn, bro. And then the people around you got to hold you accountable, man. And, mm -hmm. I, you know, you got Adrian Broner coming out saying that that's normal. Like, if women don't, if women don't argue with me or hit me, I, like, that ain't real love. You're an idiot. And he has yeah. domestic violence charges. So I'm not listening to him. Mm -hmm. That's like Floyd coming out saying some shit. Bro, you beat your wife too. I don't want to hear shit about you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So that's just my thing, man. Like, um, you know, and... and, and, and Tori, not to interrupt, but you, uh, you don't think that's a fundamental problem? Like, men are taught not to hit women, but every guy that you know has been slapped by a woman. Every guy, even the best guy has been hit by a woman. So why yeah. isn't that over-enforced? Like, that same thing should be taught oh, no, so 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 that's not enforced because women aren't being taught how to be fucking women. That's the other yeah. issue. So now you got these women that aren't women, you know, and I didn't want to get into this shit, but God damn it, we either, here. Like, because we Watch here now, movie. we here oh. now. Now, listen, we talked about toxic women before. Mm -hmm. All right. That is another trait of toxic women that uh, don't know how to communicate, that can't use their words. And so they see their moms, their moms were violent or they had a cycle of abuse in the house. So they think that's normal to put your hands on someone. Listen, if you don't want to get your fucking face slapped, don't fucking slap me, right? Don't put me in that situation, right? So no one should be touching anyone in that kind of manner. So you're absolutely right. Women need to be taught how to not hit men, right? But women aren't being taught how to be women. Who's teaching women how to be? Look at the women right now. Look at the women that are, you know, 25 to fucking 35, right? Who's teaching them how to be women? That's the biggest problem we got right now. You got a generation of men that don't know how to be men. And you got a generation, like you got women that can't fucking cook, can't clean, can't run a fucking household. You know what I'm saying? Can't make decisions, got all type of fucking anxiety problems and shit, right? So they ain't, they ain't not the same women that we grew up with that, that was our moms and our, and our grandmas and our aunts. They're not them because they weren't taught because our moms were so fucking busy being dad as well, running the fucking household. You know, like the women had to do so much shit and deal with so much shit. They didn't have the opportunity to fucking teach girls how to be women, you know? And it's like, how many times prior to being married, did you date a girl that couldn't cook or clean or hold a household down or do anything that a woman traditionally did? That's happened to me plenty of times, you know? Jay, so that happened to you? I, I got to cut in here, Torian, because I, I was going to ask you this question. Like, you get into a lot of relationships where women are beating on you. I, I've been in the, I've been in a relationship <laughs> with my wife and the woman that I was with prior to my wife. I like him crazy, bro. I'm sorry. So if you combine the, the last two serious relationships that I've been in, it's close to 17 years, right? Between the two of them. And I've been with Larissa for 14 years. Well, this year will be 14 years. 
neither one of them have ever put their hands on me. Neither one of them, have we argued and said things to each other? And me in particular, I know I can say some fucked up shit and I'm sure they can say some fucked up shit back to me, but we've never gotten to the point where we were ever going to get physical and no one has ever put their hands on me. Um, and one of the reasons why I've never done it is because I saw it happen to my mom. So I know, and I have a younger sister and I know damn well, if anyone ever put their hands on my sister, well, I, I would be able to get to them fast enough because my brother will have already killed them. So, you know, and, and I don't want that out there. And then this gets used against Chaz. <laughs> but, you know, that's just the way we were raised. And so, you know, and, and, I, I, and Torin, I also have to disagree with you on the, the raising thing, because again, the last two relationships that I was in, it wasn't, you know, Larissa can cook. She can't cook as good as me, but that's just a, just not the trait. But Larissa is very wifely, you know, prior to us even getting together. You know what I'm saying? There was a lot of things. My previous relationship to Larissa, she, she was she tended to my needs. She did. There were a lot of positive things that were in that relationship. Were there are there flaws in both females? Yes, there were, and there's flaws in myself. You know, because we also have to take some of that as well, Tori. And we come from that generation where we were raised by our moms, you know, in a lot of situations. So we didn't know how to be, you know, dads sometimes or husbands or, you know, in a true relationship. But I could tell you how I figured out what I wanted to do because I knew what I didn't fucking want in a relationship. And that's what allowed me, that's what has allowed me to maintain the relationship that I'm in now with my wife is to say, well, I know what I don't want in a relationship, you know, and I don't, yeah. and I know what I don't need from Larissa and you know and so that has taken time to evolve but I think maybe you're talking maybe even people that are younger than us you know what I'm saying yeah in terms of that so I, I can tell you why my shit was the way it was and this is a common mistake that a lot of men make right women make it too so I was picking partners based on potential you know what I'm saying? So, cause you're supposed to find a wife. Like she should already be wifely before you wife her up, right? And so you guys got lucky. Y'all been with y'all women since y'all were young. So, so they were already on the right path, right? And so this is where I was fucked up, right? Cause I, I, you know, I grew up with, you know, both parents and shit, you know, healthy relationship. They've been together 30 fucking, I'm 38. They've been together 36 years, right? So I, I saw that grandparents together, same thing. My aunts and uncles all married forever, right? So I saw what a husband and how a wife should be, right? So you're taking me, right, at like 18, 19, 20, 21, 20, you know, a young dude, and I know what a husband's supposed to do, right? Provide, protect, you know, promote, right? So I'm providing, you know, a, a, a lifestyle for my wife. I'm, I'm protecting her, you know, I'm promoting whatever it is she want to do, being her support, things like that. And then that comes with a set of expectations, right? Those expectations should, like, she should already have these wifely qualities prior to me ever inviting her to my household because my household was already established at 18 years old. I was already good. Right. And so I'm expecting people to be on the same level. I have like, I'm, I'm expecting folks because you had two parents, I'm expecting your parents to be my parents, you know, or I'm like, oh, well, you know, she's good in these areas, but um, maybe she can't do X, Y, and Z, but she'll learn that stuff eventually. No, 
that doesn't happen. And and women make the same mistake. Like I'll get this guy because you know he'll he'll change eventually. You know, and that was my I knew that for I went to counseling, bro. And that's what we figured out is that I was I, one of the faults was that I was I was giving people benefit of the doubt when they didn't deserve it. You know, and it was like let them prove what they have first. Like, don't pick somebody based on potential. It's like, all right, she looks, she looks good and she can do this and do that. And she's like, her career is dope, but that ain't got shit to do with her home life, bro. You know? And, and that's when I learned how to be more discerning when in the dating phase, like, cause you don't find out people's mental health history or their family history till you're already committed. So I learned to ask those questions very, very early on, like first date, second date, yo, what is your relationship with your mom and dad? How long are they together? You know, what, what do you think? Or do you still talk to your siblings? Things like that. I was not doing that in the past because I was picking partners based on potential because I was young and I'm like, this motherfucker bad. So I don't give a fuck if she can't cook, she'll learn wrong thing to do you know so i don't want to you know i don't want to make it seem like um i'm blaming them no i picked them i picked them you know what i'm saying so that's it but so, so jay you look like you want to fucking jump in there real quick no i was just saying like oh my god you cut out dude <laughs> i'm about to fucking elvis presley this fucking computer dog what's going on and this whole shit just froze. He's just he's just sitting there like half smoke. Mm. He's gonna come back in with some great point. We're gonna be like, oh, that's what's up. That there was awesome. <laughs> no, what you cut out? What'd you say? <laughs> no, I was just saying, like, I, I took a chance on my wife because she couldn't really cook. Uh, the only thing she brought to the table was, was like physical that we were physically attracted to each other. But you you grow together. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I don't necessarily think that you should go out. Like at least I didn't. Maybe I lucked out, you know. But I didn't go out. All I looked for was somebody that was smart that had a good head on their shoulders and we were like-minded and the rest kind of works itself out. You know what, what, what was her relationship with her family? Oh, my wife is very family oriented. That's the one thing I can say, but I mean, I wasn't and I, and that rubbed off on me. You know, I became yeah. family oriented due to my wife, you know? Yeah. And sounds good. She improves you. So my thing was, is that women I was picking, they like, they, they weren't close with their moms, you know? And I didn't realize how much of a red flag that was. Like, I was always keyed in on, like, the daddy issue shit. Like, oh, if she got daddy, she say the fuck away, right? Or you can smash easily because she'll call you daddy. But no, that's just <laughs> fucked up, right? And so my, my whole thing was, like, I wasn't noticing that these that these women weren't close with their moms. And I'm like, well, yeah, I just have, yeah. But then, oh, that fucking matters, bro. Like, when you, when you think about it, like, if they're not close with other women, like the matriarchs in their family, that's a red flag. You gotta, you gotta figure out why there's something there because that's gonna affect you because at, at some point down the road, she's gonna be the matriarch of your family, you know? Mm. And that, that was my mistake. I was picking partners based on potential, you know? And, and I, I wasn't, I wasn't, I was being blinded by the booty, man. That's what it was, man. I, you know, you can't trust a big button smile, bro. Did I not learn from Belle Biv DeVoe? Obviously fucking not. That's my problem, <laughs> man. But, you know, I, I, I'm gonna just say that, man. But um, I, I think- and, and I, I don't think that that is, um, I think that that trend is changing, right? Because you're starting to see women uh, still be educated and be career focused, but they're starting to embrace the traditional roles of 
femininity and being a woman and being submissive. Like, I, bro, I never thought I'd see the day when I'd hear a career woman talk, talking about they want to be submissive to a man and then able to explain what that means. I'm like, what, what the fuck? Like, y'all y'all stop reading Steve Harvey, obviously. Like, y'all mm. learn some shit now, you know? And um, and so I'm, I'm, I'm happy to see that, you know? And um, that's why I'm happy to be in D.C. because it seems to be a lot of that. A lot of these career women that want to embrace the traditional roles and be submissive. And not, not by submissive, I don't mean being a slave, but I mean allowing a man to lead, you know? And that was another part of our problem back when we were younger. A lot of us didn't know how to lead, you know? And so if we can't lead, they can't follow, you know, but that's just my take on that. You know what I'm saying? I'm not trying to be fucking uh, Kevin Samuels up here, fucking giving out <laughs> relationship uh, consultations and shit. You know what I'm saying? But that, that, that's just it, man. But I think, bro, I, I think we fucking covered everything, man. Um, uh, Is your computer frozen again, Jay? Are you just standing there looking at the screen? <laughs> I can't tell right now. No, okay, move. <laughs> Yo, so before we get out of here, man, hey, you guys got anything you want to fucking say, anything you want to plug before we get out of here? Jay, we'll start with you. No, I'm good, man. My, my headset's got about 10 seconds left before it dies, so I just appreciate you having me. It was a uh, no nice chat with you. No doubt. Who, man, you got anything for the people? Yeah, when you get a chance, try the new uh, chicken sandwich at McDonald's. No, hey, listen, the motherfuckers ain't paying us, bro. Nah, shut the <laughs> fuck me, up. Come on, let me get a fucking uh, McDonald's. No, okay, okay, okay. I got to put you on the spot, bro. Let me get one of them red cards, dog. I don't have a red card. Okay, let me get a McDonald's. Chipotle got a card you can get. Let me get a card, man. You can't call nobody. Listen, come when y'all get a chance, try the new chicken sandwich. It's better than Chick-fil-A's. That's Is it all better than Popeye's? Is it better than fucking Popeye's? Yes, it's better than Popeye. Okay, I'm, I'm going to go check it out tomorrow then, man. All right. Um, listen, it, man. It's a deluxe with pickle and cheese on it. Pickle it's and cheese. cheese. Does it yeah. come with lettuce and tomato? It does. What and kind mayo. of sauce? Okay. All right. I don't even know. That shit is ass. That shit is gay. That shit is, that shit is gross. I didn't say gay. That shit is gross. <laughs> man, they're going to cancel gay. you, me. Yo, man, mayonnaise is, is, is man. Come, dude. I'm sorry. That shit is that shit is <laughs> sus. If you eat mayonnaise, you're you're bisexual. I don't give a fuck. Yo. You know what I'm saying? So I'm gonna leave it on that. You know what I'm saying? Kale is gay lettuce. Mayonnaise is fucking bisexual. And fuck being woke. Should never been asleep. <laughs> Thank you guys for making it today. This is a long ass fucking podcast, but this shit was good, man. Um, <laughs> listen, we're out of here, man. <laughs> fuck it, dog. Peace. All right.